0: Hey Jeff. Hey Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. An exciting week for a whole lot of people. First of all, I want to shout out Bun B and Static Selecta. They did a collaborative project in... 11 or 12 hours. A full, Uh, full album. A full album. It's called Trill Static, exclusively available on Tidal right now. And I was lucky enough to be there. Mm -hmm. You were invited.
1: I was invited. I was not able to be there. You were
0: under the weather. And I went down to Brooklyn. I represented for both of us. And I got to watch Fat Joe and Method Man and Michi Darko and and, and Smoke Dizza
1: and... A bunch of
0: people. A whole bunch of people there. It was... A great West Side
1: Gun, a great collection, a great energy, CJ Fly. It was, well, you were able to watch it. I was able to watch you watch it because I was watching on the live stream. You did. And you sent me a. a, I sent you a screenshot of you standing behind the door. This is true. I was behind
0: the door because I didn't want to get kicked out. I thought like, I've never met Fat Joe. I don't want him to like be offended by like a dude who's just watching him write this amazing verse. But you know what? He did not kick me out. He was uh, super nice. Well, did he know that you were there? He did know I was there. He asked me, like a thesaurus, which word he should use instead of wall. And I was like, drywall. And then I felt like an idiot because (laughs) it rhymes. So uh, in any event... I mean, it's not a wrong answer. It, it's the wrong answer for that situation. Well, that yeah. Event. I mean, like he, he did ask for a better word. Go listen. Uh, that and song is called a worse word. Basquiat, Bun B, Smoke Dizza, and Fat Joe, produced by Static Selecta. I believe it's going into rotation now. So shout out to everyone involved in that. Freaky Yo and Rock Nation and Title and everybody over there. Mm-hmm. But super important to us this week was the fact that we did our 250th episode with our mom. Our mom. Shout out
1: to mom shout out to mom that episode is you know it could have gone any number of ways in terms of the reaction you know like our mom's story is not like anybody else's that we've had on our podcast we have not had many non-industry moms okay (laughs) moms who uh birthed us on this podcast that that is true and, uh, and so we had her on and her story is incredible as we know but like well yeah I, I was it's, it's interesting that so many other people have identified with, with I, I story. agree
0: I agree with that I was confident that people would be taken by her story I think it's very compelling I think she's a good storyteller and we were just honored to to bring her story out there and, and let people know listen she's been through a lot and we've seen that we've been there for some of it and yeah you more than me and well yeah and and her more than us yeah. And we always found it to be just a really, really strong story, ups and downs and bounce backs and the whole thing. And it was beautiful to, uh, like we do for so many other people, take that story, put it into context, and and put it out there to the world, so that it was received, like you said, by the whole world. was was pretty special to us, and and she was able to send it to friends and family and talk about it at Passover, and it it it's a real point of pride for her, mm-hmm. and and I think that she really enjoyed our time on the mic together and then listening to it once again. But Jeff, yes, today I'm still here. Today, today. <laughs> We have our friend, Della Yador, on the podcast. And listen, he's lived a great life, and we've talked about a lot of things that you're going to hear in just a few seconds. But most important, something we didn't talk about on the podcast. He's not so- related to us. Something I admire Della for so much is the fact that he saw the premiere of Game of Thrones at Radio City Music Hall about two weeks before it hit HBO, and he didn't say a damn thing about it. To anybody. I just love the fact that that he and Raven, and Vic, and Jamal, and and all the people who were there. No one said a thing, and we were all able to enjoy it on our own, at our own time, our own speed, with no spoilers. But should you guys like Game of Thrones just as much as us, and you want to hear our thoughts on Game of Thrones, here's what you should do.
1: Subscribe to Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies, because there's a plan for us to, and the locks... To record weekly episodes about Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah. So Sheik is into it. Mm -hmm. Styles is into it. Mm -hmm. Jadakiss has never seen an episode, which, by the way, is even better. Makes it wonderful. We're all going to sit down in the studio. We're going to talk about Game of Thrones. And the only way that you guys can listen to it and other movie reviews that we've done, Green Book and You've Got Mail and Coco and Black Panther and Trading Places and Home Alone and all these other movies, right? The only way that you can hear that right now is to go on Spotify or iTunes or Google Play or wherever and search for Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies. It has its own feed. So if you come here and you expect to hear that podcast amongst all of these a waste of time with its The Real
1: podcasts, you're shit out of luck. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Jeff, today on the podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Della. Della Yador, our great friend who we've known for about 12 years, starting when he was at VH1, then he became a marketing executive over at different liquors like Martel, and now he is doing his own thing. He's a cultural connector. He is. He's a, he's a fascinating guy and I
0: was really glad that we got to hear his stories about bringing people like Snoop or Kanye or the heavy hitters and l Bugs and Cast 1 and everybody up to Buffalo as a party promoter. I'm glad to hear like the details about how he was involved early on in Henny Palooza, how he supported all those guys through 5 years and really tried to connect Martel and Palooza together why it didn't work out, and how happy he is that the Ducey deal came around and provided a super big platform for all those guys from Cam to Rory to Benner to Lowe to Chris Styles to Raven to Peach Peach and and Niles and and Chris Fox and and everybody involved in that whole whole camp. And Dell is just a great guy with a great perspective. And I think in today's day and age when you have so many people who are just very – Shitty? False. Right? Sure. He is a sense of truth, and it's very welcome, and I'm glad that we got to hear his story today. Jeff,
1: when do you want to get into it? Well, I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this part yeah. a few minutes later, Okay. because Della always shows up late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, when do you want to get into it? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Out of Pocket, aka Gang Green. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Tear
2: the Roof Off This Motherfucker, aka The Northern Down Dada. <laughs> Yo, what up, it's Della, a.k.a. Everything's Fine, a.k.a. I'm happy to be
0: here <laughs> Yes, you're your third favorite podcast to waste time with the real <laughs> wow. Della, what's happening? What is good? Yo, great to finally have you up here Listen, a lot of people, a lot of people have been asking for this episode So here you are, and you know what? I thought this morning, Della gets a bad rap <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself, you know, everyone just kills Della for being late. There's this there's this long-running joke mm-hmm. around all of our friends yep. that Della can never be somewhere on time. I said, you know what? I hit Della yesterday. I said, 2 p.m., right? See you there. Looking forward to it. Della came back with, like, exclamation points. He's all set. Mm-hmm. See you tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm. 153, he says, I'm a, fi- I'm a few minutes away. Yeah, I'll be there soon.
2: Yeah. This is good energy right now. Like, let's, keep, let's, keep, let's keep it going. My my Uber driver mm. apologized for being late today, and I can't. Translate oh wait, so, that so you were a, late? <laughs> yeah. Wow! Wow! wow yeah. Outing yourself, everything's fine. Do you think
0: That's it? The- do you think it's a a sort of outlandish reputation you have?
2: Um, I'm usually late to parties. Okay. And I feel like that is not a bad thing.
0: Fashionably late.
2: Fashion is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. yeah To parties, yeah. But I think it's a it's an interesting rep to have. Okay, it it, it, uh, it brings uh, some character out of out of the timing. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: when you show up at two thirty five, <laughs> you know
2: it's what is time anyway? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's more like it's it. It's a construct yeah. of our imagination. exactly, Absolutely. exactly. You, know. Do you show up to work on time. Uh, for the most part, yeah, <laughs> um, I would say so. Um, meetings on time. Mm-hmm. I've never missed the flight which is important. That's, that's crazy. That's yeah, unbelievable. Never no one believes that. But <laughs> know, yeah. Ask America On the record airline. today. On yeah. the record. It's, it's a fact.
0: You're not like um, diamond status where you can tell a plane to, to hold on.
2: You know, um, <laughs> I don't have that Drake energy where I could just you know, tell them to hold it off. But no. uh, I'm, I'm pretty good on time. Well, we yeah.
0: appreciate you showing up whenever you showed up appreciate here. appreciate you
2: guys having me. No I mean, doubt. This has been... Uh, no one's asked for this, by the way. No, that I'm is, not true. I I is not true. That is not true. No, <laughs> people really do want you up here. People want to know
0: what is Della all about? And we're going to find that out today. And what is
1: he doing when he's running behind on time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that, that's it.
2: Let's get into it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm into it.
0: Della, where are you originally from?
2: I am from the Bronx.
0: Where in the Bronx?
2: Uh, 180th in Tremont. Van Ness, Morris Park. Big
0: family, small family?
2: Bigger family. Uh, families from West Africa, Ghana. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom got here in 82. Dad was 79. I was born in 83. Uh, five sisters. Older, younger, where are they? Older. Uh, I am fourth, so I have three older and two younger, Wow! Uh, the youngest being 29. She lives in LA. A lot of female energy LA. right there. A lot of female energy, taught me a lot about patience, yeah. uh, <laughs> probably why I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> they take care of you growing up? They did. I, I, I learned a lot from them. Um, I learned a lot from them culturally, uh, and not just from the African standpoint. but. Uh, my older sisters used to watch video music box channel twenty five, mm-hmm. uh, blurry hangar out the TV in the Bronx. So they wouldn't let me watch it because I was too young. But I never go to my room, so they just stay here. Just shush, don't say anything. They have any names for you? Uh, I mean, they have their, their accent. Uh, De la yeah. is like you know you, you'll you'll hear that. Yeah, when, when the, the accent's thicker when they're mad, so <laughs> so it, it adds up. Yeah. How many rooms were in the, the apartment? Uh, In the Bronx, it was three. Three bedroom, first floor. Actually, it's two bedroom. I lived on the first floor in the Bronx. Then we moved to the eighth floor and we had three bedrooms. So who were you sharing a room with when you were growing up? Uh, I had my own room, which is dope. Um, So my two sisters, the one above me and below me were my half sisters. So they were in Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was three bedrooms and my two sisters shared one. I had one and then my little sister was born later on and Moved to the three bedroom, and she had her own, too. Wow.
1: Yeah. So you, you like lucked out by being the only guy. Boy,
2: huh? <laughs> did I? I mean, we had two bathrooms um, when we moved to the eighth floor, which was great, because women take really long in the bathroom, mm. um, getting ready and all that. So it worked out. What did your folks do? My dad was a chef at a correctional facility, wow. uh, Edgecombe Correctional Facility in, in, in Harlem, and my mom was a registered nurse. Wow. Dialysis nurse. She always tells a story about how she was afraid of the sight of blood. she's a dialysis nurse retired now but kind of amazing
0: and what was growing up in the bronx like for you
2: uh it was interesting man i you know i love the bronx i'm in brooklyn now um uh, i went to catholic elementary school st anthony's which is you know since closed down a, a while ago then i went to lehman high school in the bronx um my friends on the block were who i spent a lot of time with on the weekends especially basketball uh we had a swimming pool in the building um, you know, we'd all ride bikes to Pelham Bay Park. We were just like thick as thieves, you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. high school, I would also say is like, was probably like the best time, one of the best times of my life. Yeah. Well, what was that What was that Catholic upbringing like? Church every Sunday. Um, uh, I was actually an altar boy for wow. a little ho wow. uh, which is interesting and and some of my closest friends were altar boys, too. Some of them went off to the service, like like the Navy and, and the, the Marines. And um, uh, it was just cool coming up because we also played basketball. So some of the people, people I went to school with lived in the same building as me. Um, and then we'd all hang out with the people that didn't go to school with us. And we'd all come together. It was kind of dope. And it was like... Uh, Dominican, Puerto Rican, Irish, uh, Italian, a little bit of Italian, at least for, from the school standpoint, from the neighborhoods a little different. But it was a pretty diverse neighborhood uh, growing up around 180th. So it's Van Ness, but it's like right across from Bronx River. Mm-hmm. But then it's like a five minute walk from Parkchester. So it's sort of central. 15 minutes to Soundview.
0: Well, yeah. Did you stay in the Bronx or did you like jump on a train and travel into Manhattan or go to Brooklyn or...
2: Towards, uh, I would say towards high school, uh, middle of high school, me and my friends from the block would go to like Times Square and hang out. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like just like just see the lights and... and. Um, but remember- it's a different Times Square than what it is now, oh, I guess. It's a big yeah. different. It's like, that was like... I don't know if many people. <laughs> it was a different energy in Times Square way yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get your driver's license at sixteen? I did get it at sixteen. Did we talk about this? No, yeah, I no. I got my junior license in uh, in high school, um, which was kind of cool. You get it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I was driving my mom's burgundy Corolla oh, around, man. which was dope. I had the uh, the tape deck adapter to the CD player. Yeah, oh, hell yeah! yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just I just remember that those were mixtape days. Yeah. What were um, you listening to? Ah, uh, I mean that was. Um, I remember in 98 going to uh, Park Chester to get my It's Dark and Hell is Hot oh, TV signed yeah. by DMX. Whoa. Right by the um, the movie theater. It was called New American Movie Theater. Uh-huh. Ironically, the same movie theater where sporty thieves shot no pigeons. Whoa. There's a scene in the red car where the girls are walking <laughs> around, and that's right in front of- And you're me. like,
0: yo. Yeah. It's
2: kind of- I don't I haven't really talked much about that, but it's kind of dope just flashing back on it. So you um,
0: waited to go see Dmx to I, have him I sign. Left
2: school early, signed, signed the uh, album cover, the actual album. Um, Did he sign
0: it to you? Uh,
2: I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, right? I, I still have it at home. Yeah, so I actually have a couple of random objects signed. Like, um, so when I when I where I lived on 180th in in Tremont Noble Mansion is what they call it, it's um, the name of the building. Yeah. Um, St. Lawrence Avenue is where my mom ended up moving to after we lived in Soundview and moved back. I lived at fifteen o three St. Lawrence. Um, big Pun lived at fifteen o nine, and he would always park his uh, cherry F one fifty outside. Wow. So I remember, like, my little sister used to hang out, with, like, play with the kids, like, baby, and like, they used to hang out, like, right in front. And again, it's still starstruck, cause it's pun, right? Yeah. Um, And I remember he was playing cards one day, I was like, all right, let me get his autograph. Because, you know, they're there, sometimes they're not running around. Sure. And I got a little, um, I think it's like a playing card, like a two of diamonds signed by by Big Pun, and I have it at home. That's awesome. Which is, you know, I keep that kind of close. What was the significance of the Two of Diamonds? Don't know. I think that was the only card that he could find like that was a, around him at the time, and he just signed that, and I just took it. Two of Diamonds is a pretty high card in spades, so yep. I yeah. take that. Yeah. It, it yeah. helps. Also, uh, shouts to
0: Pun for actually like living what he says in his rhymes, driving that Cherry Red 150. Oh, it yeah. was outside, in yeah. front of the
2: crib all the time, which is pretty cool. That's super dope. That yeah. was his time, by that the way. That was his time.
0: Yeah. Fact, fact,
2: um, fact. Did you have a Bronx Pride? Yeah, a hundred percent. Because, and anytime you argue with someone who's not from the Bronx, um, you know they'll say, "Well, we got we got Jay, we got Nas," and my argument was like, "Well, we started hip hop." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And immediately you think that should end the argument. Sure. But no, it's, yeah. it's not enough. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, have, so I I got a lot of Bronx pride. Even being in Brooklyn, I still absolutely rep the Bronx. Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn's thoughts. Yeah, man, uptown, which is again ironic. Around the corner, I believe Peter Guns and Lord Tariq had family like on like Beach Avenue a while ago, and they had signed their record as well. Like I was a stickler for like mem- memorabilia and, and whatnot. But yeah, like that uptown baby, I just remember the video in Wyclef and Yankee Stadium. Hell like, yeah. That's that was important. That yeah, was totally. super important. Representation is important. What was your first job? Man, my first job, I actually worked at the Wow, the church rectory. I uh, like answered phones and, um, uh, which was pretty cool. My second job right after that, when I was in high school, was coaching the St. Anthony's basketball team. No kidding. Uh, it, was, it was like a seventh, eighth grade team, um, which was like super, just super interesting. I've had a lot of jobs. Um, I work for Parks and Recreation. Um, right before I went to Buffalo for school, which is a really good paying job, believe it or not. But it was like waking up at 6.30 a.m., being there by 7, um, weed whacking, driving the garbage truck. Like, And it was summertime, so you kind of had to pick up. All the garbage after people were barbecuing on mm-hmm. a Sunday, or um, and it was Monday through Friday. Was worried, Is yeah. it
0: weird for you to see like brands take the Parks and Rec logo and make that like a hot item now? It's
2: kind of fire, yo. It's kind of like
0: yeah, but you had that before. It was like I really had the jumpsuit.
2: Like I, I need to show up at a party jumpsuit. with the jumpsuit, yeah, <laughs> and the green mask to protect me from the bees and, and just stunt on and everybody. a weed whacker. Yeah, and yeah, a yeah. Weed, whacker. <laughs> weed whacker might be aggressive, but they did the picture. Maybe yeah. it's a Halloween fit. I don't know yeah. if you could get
1: a weed whacker through security. Yeah. <laughs> Friends. Depends people. which party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. So facts.
0: when you decided to, uh, you know, help coach seventh and eighth graders, are you a leader? Like, do you see the leadership capabilities at that point?
2: Um, well, <laughs> yeah, sort of, uh, because I wasn't in their shoes that long ago. So there's a relatability which I think is important for. You're a players' coach. I got you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. sort of. Yeah, (laughs) you try to be right, and you also try to see the potential in kids because you have your better players, and then you have the players that are trying to be better, and you want to give them the attention that they need so that they can grow and build. Um, But you start to win the game. Uh, we weren't very good. Okay. Uh, All, right. All, right. All right. Let me just throw that out there. E for effort. E for yeah. effort. Yeah. A is pitch. that what
1: you would tell the kids like in the locker room? Oh, E for effort? <laughs> no. Like you would have like the whiteboard and you'd be like, listen, you're you're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crushing. I'd be like, I'd be like
2: listen, we're, uh, even if we lose, you know what? You don't start a pep talk with even if you lose. Mm. You start with the highs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go out there, let's give it our best, blah, blah, blah. At halftime when you're down by 30, listen, we're we're doing some things really well. This is what we can do better, but let's, let's, let's get it right. We can do it. We practice this. Let's go. Then when you lose by, you know, 40, it's like, you know, <laughs> even though we lost, we put forward our best effort mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. blah yeah. Blah. And this is while I was still in high school. Me, myself trying to play basketball yeah. in, in school, in high school as well. My
1: best friend, Greg Mayo, yeah. he was in the state championships baseball. And the coach, when they were losing... In like the third inning by yeah. like two runs, was like this is a shitty way to go out, fellas. <laughs> so you yeah. he threw her in the tower early. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, really. yeah, yeah, big early. Yeah, okay. yeah. well,
2: I don't do that. There's always a chance. Where there's a will, there's a way. That's what I saw that think. So, so.
0: in in a, in a house full of mostly older sisters yeah.
2: who ended up going away to college too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was going into high school, they they were already getting ready to go. My oldest sister went to Dartmouth. My my next wow. sister went to Williams College wow. in Massachusetts. So they were like. They were getting to it. Yeah, so big expectations? Kind of. You know, I think growing up in a traditional African household, there's a little bit of the be a lawyer, be a doctor. Mm. Um, Because that's what they know. Sure. Work really hard. But I think as I started to get older, I think my parents started to get a little bit looser in expectations, Mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. I think they started to see the world and see how they were raising us and trusting what they were teaching us and so that comes from you being the fourth child you think um I mean I was the only boy so um so they had no expectations zero like (laughs) that none on the floor no I I think I think that it was really um it it was uh let it play out like um you know I went to Catholic school then I ended up going to public high school which Mm -hmm. is Lehman like I mentioned and um that was a really good balance for me well, was that a big transition going from Catholic to public? From uniform to to having to um, wear academics and academics, parasukos, papio, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was just kind of dope. I mean, we were all like young, running around, and you just find your clicks. Um, I think high school is pretty clicky. You have the athletes, the cheerleaders, the really smart kids, but somehow, some way, in in high school, I feel like they all kind of were around each other, like. There wasn't a lot of exclusionary. Like in Lehman, there's the terrace where a lot of people, if you cut class, you just hung. Lehman was one of the, the only schools that let you go outside for lunch. So there was like McDonald's, Burger King, there's Westchester Square. It's a little freedom. It's a little, a little bit of freedom, which is dope. Um, there was some gang activity too. Um, Tell us about that, <laughs> Tell us about your gang activity. I was not in a gang. But yeah, I mean, I think there's this. Um, what pers- colors were you wearing? I, like, got I, I it. Are you
0: Vlad? What Jesus, is this?
2: Listen, no, li- I mean, listen. You um, didn't listen. ask.
0: You didn't ask that to mom.
2: <laughs> which was a fantastic interview. Thank you very much. Her. Thank She's you. She's good. Yeah. Um, um, there was like a war between the Abis and like the Bloods, was, like Albanians and Bloods. I remember that. And it was like Lehman High School, and then it was Columbus, which was my initial zone school. It, you, you know, they, at yeah. that time mm-hmm. they zoned you out into schools, but I ended up getting into Lehman. Shots to Mr. Leader who passed away mm. um last year or a couple months ago. Um, but everybody was like, for the most part cool. Like people were like territorial, but they weren't like it, it it wasn't it wasn't what's depicted on screen. Right. Um again, I don't know all the inner workings of it, but um, you know, I had I had friends on on, on all sides and 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 it was what it was. What were
0: you like in high school? Personable?
2: Um, Were you like outgoing? I was pretty outgoing. Um, I used to fight a little bit in high school. Um, I think kids are super creative. Whoever came up with the insult African booty scratch, needs some type of recognition. Wasn't that like an Eddie Murphy thing? I I guess. Is it is is it coming to America? Probably. I I don't know. Possibly. I mean, you know, I think kids are like um, super creative, super young. They don't know the power of their imagination or their words. Yeah. And I think coming from, like, Catholic school into high school, you kind of get that, and it's like, whoa, you're insulting me. Whoa, this feels like... And then, you know, either you joke back or you show them your hands work. Like, mm-hmm. is there's really no in-between, or or you just get laughed at. Um, and I remember having to fight, like, older people, like seniors and juniors at a time. And then when you get a couple of those under your belt, suddenly the jokes stop, and they, yeah. they start to see you, like... Okay, well, you're not that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and
1: um, and by the way, I should say I don't think that Eddie Murphy actually came up with it. I bet that was like some racist person back in like you know the 1800s. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right,
2: The fact that they traveled all these years is impressive in itself. <laughs> I, I, I'll say, but I mean, um, me in high school, uh, I was I was connected to everyone. I think I I, I was part of like this leadership team. Um, which like put together smaller events. Like we had something called the Lehman Olympics, mm. which was kind of cool, which was like, um, there was like a pie-eating contest, there was basketball, there was other athletic activities, races, and um, we organized that stuff. Um, I was actually in chorus, uh, believe it or not. I had hoop dreams and I thought I could play ball. Um, everyone does sure. at yeah, some yeah. Point. And I remember being like in the NCAA office filing papers um, to try to be eligible and this guy walks in and he goes um oh you have a, you have a you have a very nice voice and I'm immediately freaked out <laughs> like sure, you know, yeah. they, they, whatever I'm like all right, I I'll yeah. know you whatever um so I'm like thanks and I go back to talking to the woman he's like hey listen you know I teach a chorus class and he was awesome cool yeah, dude yeah um I teach a chorus class you should stop by one of these periods and check it out so again, I, at this point, like I'm like a junior, I'm finding my way, um, I have friends, it's cool, it's all good. So I go by, I remember going by the class and um, walking to the door, it's a long corridor, it's where the music section of, of Lehman is. And I remember like peeking in and I'm like, okay, all right, this, this class is like a lot of people 70 percent female not a bad thing at all right cool and i leaned in and the door like pushed open <laughs> everybody turned over the piano right in front of the door i'm like <laughs> so he, he goes hey hey come on in i'm like oh, i'm just i was just stopping I'm Like, no no come in so I, I came in and i sat down on the side like on the side didn't know what was going on i think they were doing a stevie wonder um tribute for it might have been like the spring or the fall concert and i was just like Amazed that you had, uh, you know, the the bass, the tenors, like all these people just in harmony. Like again, and they're students, so they have work to do, but they also have this other sort of professional job in the school. Um, and I ended up joining. I ended up switching classes and joining later. And I was I was a bass, which was, was super dope. You had fun. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah, like, it was cool. It was cool. Like it was being in court, I never thought about that. And actually, my friends who were like. They'd come and see the shows that we were in, which was like, to have that other type of support was, was kind of cool.
0: What other activities were you doing?
2: Um, so basketball I was involved in, although I think there were a lot better people on the team than I was. So I was like always practicing and um, part of the team, running with them. I played volleyball. Wow. Um, volleyball I was better in, uh, which was a lot of fun. How was your serve? My serve was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an outside hitter. Okay. So I like I used to jump. I used to get up there, which which was cool. The volleyball coach Ms. Vance was actually the football coach, mm. um, and she did not play, but she was really really good at what she uh, what she does or what she did or what she does. And you thrived in a team setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was dope. Like it was, it was one of my best friends. Frank was the setter on the team. The girls and um, boys volleyball team were all, all cool. We, all the sports teams were pretty cool with each other. They all got the, the commitment that everybody put into it, which was dope. Um, and I had a good time. I had a good time. So uh, when you were
0: looking for schools, where were you looking? Were you looking to stay or were you looking to just get out of town?
2: I was looking to stay in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, the state. The state. New yeah. York State. Yeah. I, I remember going to our, our, my academic advisor and... She's like, well, you should really go to CUNY. I think that would be best. CUNY,
0: the City University City, of New
2: York. City University of New York, correct. Um, so she's like, yeah, hey, maybe you should stick with CUNY. And I was sort of like, uh, but I kind of want to you know, go out. Like, I don't know your grades, da, da, da. And I ended up getting into a, a couple schools, specifically University of Buffalo, SUNY Buffalo. Yeah. I actually didn't get into Buff State which is a smaller school, Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to go for uh, what I thought I knew how to do, which was radio communications Mm -hmm. and uh, be on radio. I think that's, like, if it wasn't medical, if it wasn't legal, it was do what I thought I could do, and that was, like, coming out of the 90s and, like, listening to Hot 97 and listening to just people that you love and just, it inspires you. When you decide that you're going to go up to Buffalo, Yep.
0: How was it for you to leave and be, what, seven hours away, something like that? Yes, yeah, about
2: seven. It's and time. what was it like for your parents? So my, what I actually left out, my parents had split in 94. So I lived with my mom, uh, and then I lived with my dad for a little bit. And um, going to Buffalo, they, the education was important for them. That's all they knew. So uh, going to Buffalo was important. Going to college was important, which is great. For me, leaving the Bronx... Um, Like I left high school really happy. Uh, A lot of my friends were like rooting for me to go to Buffalo and like make things happen and and, and be a part of stuff, which was cool. So I felt a lot of support going to Buffalo. Um, Getting out there initially was like a little, uh, maybe some homesick moments, even though it's the same state, still seven hours away. That's a long way away. A little bit away. Um, You
0: didn't know anyone up there?
2: I didn't know anyone, but I made friends quick. Yeah. Um a, a couple people were also from the Bronx, also African, ironically, and, and we connected and built. And we ended up building for a while. Ended up actually doing parties with one of my best friends at the time, um, Jay Julian, who uh, ended up being a part of KSR, Cardi B, later on. Crazy. Class, Crazy. like kind of dope to see what he, what he's done and, yeah. and and built along the way. And uh, yeah, just I made friends out there. There were a lot of kids from New York City that went to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So, so you said that you wanted to get into radio. Exactly. Had you done radio, actually? No, but the radio actually attracted me to radio, the physical radio. Mm-hmm. Like every time I just remember putting a tape in and recording a song because I didn't know if it was going to come on again that day and like have my Walkman and... Um, just also you got that bass voice you know <laughs> yeah. you see I can't tell I don't I don't know I just hit high pitches but um uh yeah the, the actual attraction to the physical radio attracted me to want to be in it mm-hmm. um you, you sort of gravitate to what you're surrounded by
0: how big was your African heritage growing up
2: um it was it was big enough uh where I ate the food not big enough where I didn't speak the language mm-hmm. um they didn't press it on me which I appreciate uh but I think growing up, even when they're speaking to you in the language, emotion is <laughs> what, like, I knew I fucked up if I'm getting if my dela, like, in yeah. was certain hit, like, yeah. like okay, I, yeah, all right, dela, get it right, get it together, <laughs> get focused. When you go to college,
0: do you have more of an appreciation, like, getting away from your family of your family then? A hundred
2: percent. And getting out to Buffalo, they were, like, these student, or, student organizations. They had Poder, which is the Hispanic Latino group which, okay, I, like my friends from the Bronx who were Dominican and Puerto Rican got that. BSU Black Student Union, for you know, from people that are from the city and not from the city. You had CSO Caribbean Student Organization, you had ASA, African Student Association. It, it felt like um, a small bit of what I was leaving back in the Bronx, uh, which was cool. And I, I, when I got to Buffalo, I didn't feel like I was out of place, even though there were a little homesick moments, because it's a new environment, right? Sophomore year, I hit my stride, and I started to just, all right, cool. This is where we're at. This is, this is what we're doing. Well, yeah, what was the turning point
0: there? Like, What did you figure out where you're like, I'm comfortable, I'm, I'm cool, and I know what I want to do?
2: Uh, probably probation, uh, <laughs> academic probation. I remember um, coming back. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll yeah. absolutely yeah. wake you up. Um, freshman year, um, first half of freshman year was cool. I remember going home for Christmas break and a few friends passed away for a few different reasons and i ended up coming back spring semester feeling like i was in a haze um my grades dropped my energy with my roommates wasn't really the same and i got put on academic probation and they were kind of like yo you got to you got to shape up or you know ship out and i was i thought about you know what kind of had me motivated in the past that kept me going and it was getting involved mm. to be honest so I got involved. I joined um, student government. Um, the first job I had was assistant video uh, director. Which sounds a lot more glamorous than it was.
1: No, I think it's like C SPAN. You see it, you see <laughs> yeah. it. But except in this
2: case, like you were getting mm-hmm. the, the jobs paid, which is pretty cool. Mm. So making $125 a month. That's cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, do the math. Yeah. Yeah. A month, a month. I mean, but you're in college, so the like, yeah, something's yeah, yeah. different. Um, I was recording like the student events for, we had 120 clubs from sports to special interests to multicultural all different types of clubs for student interest if yeah. you, if you have a i think it was if you have 10 people you can start it and then you can you can figure out your constitution and it was dope uh so i had to on the weekends i recorded a lot of those events during the daytime um and then i learned like a little bit of video editing when i was young and then at night i hang out with my friends and probably hit a couple parties mm. like that that woke me up that got i started to get very involved i think uh my freshman year the so Buffalo five years, my freshman year is very different from the other four years that I was in. It was like as much Your more Your Red outgoing. shirt, yeah. <laughs> One thousand yeah, red yeah. That, is, that is it. It was a red shirt. Um, uh what were the barbers like in Buffalo. Damn, that's a great question. <laughs> so initially, uh, some of my boys that I went to school with cut hair, and I trusted them. No, mm-hmm. no. Uh, they, no, they actually weren't bad. Oh, like, no, so you know what you
1: said initially? It's it, like something something goes awry. <laughs> no, I just remember in college, it
2: was
0: just like, oh, yeah, Rob down the hall has clippers. It's like, go to him, you know? Yeah, Set said, up a chair in the bathroom. The and wooden chair. And let him, him like, do his yeah, work, yeah. I
2: think it's all about expectations, right? You don't ask them for a high top baby. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. You ask them for a shape up. Yeah, like don't push buzz my line up back. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or don't just,
0: pull out the straight razor. Like you know, there yeah. are three <laughs>
2: options. Like military probably has one. Like, yeah. Cut college had three. Right. It was like shape up, uh, 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 a Caesar, or just chop it all off. Yeah. And, and you um, were getting that Caesar. Uh, yo, early I was getting like the 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 shape up, and then when I got more comfortable, it was like, all right, let's let's get the Caesar, and then we go wow. from there. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple good barbershops on Main Street, one thousand mm-hmm. percent. Like. Buffalo, there's so many similarities to like to Buffalo and um, parts of New York. Like, it, So UB was split between North and South Campus. North was a little bit nicer. It was renovated in the 70s. South was a little bit older. I think you saw more of the minorities living in South Campus than North. But South is where you wanted to be on a Friday. Mm. South was popping. It was like Goodyear Hall. It was Clement. Um, the North was cool say northern yeah, side yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we'll yeah, talk yeah, about that yeah, later yeah, yeah. um but but it, it just it, there was a bus that took you in between um but yeah nah like you, you trusted your barbers early that were your friends uh, and then after that, when you get a little bit more money as you as you get older, you know you go to the barber on Main Street. So obviously,
0: you know we've known you since you've lived in in New York City, right? Yeah, since we, we've lived in New York City the whole on thing, like twelve years, something right? like, something that. like yeah. that. Yeah. So we know you as very popular. You're at every function, Appreciate and that. and you have all your shit together, right? Obviously, like we all have to grow into that. You as a as a college sophomore, we know you're back on track in terms of your, like. You got your focus, yeah. and you're going to all these parties. Are you known everywhere like you're known now?
2: I don't know if I'm known everywhere.
0: Now, oh, come on! You I walk mean, in somewhere I and people know who by. you are. Yeah, I, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I know. I know a bunch of people. I think back then, even as a sophomore, what what sort of opened my eyes was like getting involved, seeing things, and then saying, "Why can't it be like this?" And uh, that's around the time when I when I joined student government. Me and Jay Julian, who I mentioned earlier, we his older cousin was a promoter, Ray. Uh Fast Life Entertainment. Uh they did a bunch of parties like at some of the bigger clubs in Buffalo, in Niagara. And um I remember they always used to like, even as a freshman when we first met, they would be going out to the parties and I kinda like wasn't really into that. I was kind of more into like hanging out, being low key freshman year. I did the one eighty and suddenly I started to be out a little bit more. And me and jay were kind of like yo we should we should start think about doing some things doing some events i was like all right that's cool um unfortunately his father i'm remembering it right his father had passed he ended up moving back home going to stony brook uh, but we still built we still kept talking about it and then he came back to buffalo later on by that time at buffalo i was um there's little parts of the story i'd ended up quitting Um, be an assistant uh, video director. I hated it. I went to Chris Oliver, who was the president, and I was like, listen, I don't think this is for me. I really appreciate the opportunity. I wasn't really clicking with my boss. He had a different energy. I was like, I don't think this is for me. He's like, well, listen, I think you add a lot of value to the group. Um, You know, what are you into? What are you interested in? I, I don't know. What do you think I'd be good at? He was like, what about promotion? So I joined the promotions team. We put on the events in the student union. So like we gave away free pizza, we gave away tickets to events, speaker series, and stuff like that, which is cool. It was good to get involved in that aspect, which taught me a lot about this next venture, the party side uh, so Jay and I, when Jay got back to Buffalo, we started this company called Class Entertainment.
0: What's the a, goal? Is it to make money or to throw dope parties? Throw the parties. Yeah. Did
2: you
1: want to like start doing concerts where you could start singing your <laughs> singing career off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff yeah. gets the yeah. large. Picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking three steps ahead. No, one, four. four. Yeah. Um,
2: for us, we just wanted to do dope parties at the best venues with the best DJs. Like that was the formula, best experiences. And I just I remember in '03. So, I was still coming back to the city, like in between. I got my grades right. Oh three. Our I had a barber um, uh, named Sugar Bear who who used to cut hair on on uh, Leland Avenue. Oh, mm-hmm. Sugar Bear from Leland Avenue. Yeah, yeah. no, no, he cuts yeah. your hair too, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He know everybody. He's more popular. Than he gives him. me the Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> with with Suge, we called him Suge. He had a bigger um, sort of. A, a, posture yeah, yeah like, um, like a bear like a bear <laughs> yeah. bingo You're, yeah. You should the interview you. um sugar bear was dope um i told him i just randomly i was like man like i, I want to start doing parties in buffalo I'm not sure what we should do um he's like yo actually my boy um they actually works with this guy uh, these these this dj crew the heavy hitters and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I hear them on the radio. They, that's fire. Like, it's like, yeah, you should talk to my man, L. Bugs. Okay. Shout out to L. Bugs. Shout to L. Bugs. So, Jay and I, we're, we're, we're thinking, we're plotting, scheming, we're putting things on paper, we're planning it out. We both dress up in suits. Sure. And I have, I have this picture somewhere. We dress up in suits in 03, and we drive to, uh, I believe it was 665 Broadway. Which is the RPM offices, renamed mm-hmm. Clean. That's mm-hmm. where that's yeah. what Bugs was working on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember we got up there, and and we had spoken on the phone about coming down to meet him. And I think he first saw us, and he was like, sort of taken back, taken <laughs> because
1: <back>. <laughs> you were the first people who had shown up in to his office in suits. suits yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we yeah. just yeah. thought
2: like, yo, like, like presentation. Sure. Yeah. How many people are coming to them saying, yo, do our party? Right. I think he saw how we were dressed. But then he heard how we spoke, and the energy was a little different. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember saying, "Yo, we want to get enough, like we want to book these big DJs." And then he hit us with the price, and we're like, "Damn, <laughs> I don't know if we got that. Yeah. I don't think we're there yet." And um, take us through that. You have to you have to give them money up front. Yeah, but even we wanted we so we pitched them that we wanted to work with them beyond one party. Like we we wanted to go. Hard, right? You wanted um, a residency. Yeah, like sort of like just like we wanna we, we wanna work directly with Shah. We know the people, we know the players. This is when I was still in student government, like we knew how things were moving. Take a chance on us. And and they did. This is an on campus event? This was off campus, like they still had a lot of parties in downtown Buffalo. Like there were venues like the Sphere and Town Ballroom and Level and like just these nightclubs. Like Buffalo had nightclubs. So you well, hold but, on. You're how old? <laughs> Uh, in 2003, how old was I? I so I 20? T- 20. So you're not 21. Uh, well, <laughs> August 25th, you do the math. Maybe I was just turning 21, or not. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well I mean, did you have a fake? No, I didn't do fakes. Actually, okay. you know, believe it or not, did you chalk f- your ID? Nah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, so these are really you, good questions. you yeah. are fantastic. Yeah. Good editing, good I'm editing. not. I'm
1: not trying to like get you
2: like no, arrested yeah, for yeah, talking it's your ID. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Um, actually, so in Buffalo, you could go to 19 and drink. But mm. I wasn't a big drinker when I was. Young, like the first time I wait, you like, could go to 19 and drink, yeah. You mean the in, club in, in Canada? In Canada, oh, oh god, yeah. It, in yeah. Buffalo, it's 21. Got Buffalo it, yeah, is 21. I was um, like, I don't know what the laws are, what <laughs> you think the laws are. I'm getting a lot of people, in like, everything's fine, though. Everything's fine. Yeah. um, but nah, so 2003, I think I was just turning 21, probably just turning 21, and uh, I was, mm-hmm. and uh, so you knew the spaces and the
0: players, knew the
2: spaces, and... uh, which, which was super helpful, um, to, to understand how things moved. So, Boogs was like, yo, listen, I know enough is this, but yo, I know someone who's just as dope and it's not enough money. I'm like, who? He's like, yo, Cast One. Shout out mm. to Cast One. And I'm like, I, uh, I never really heard him before, but sure. Like, if it's your record and Sugar recommends you, then yeah, let's, let's do it. And I remember our first party, timing of parties is really important in Buffalo. I think probably in college, the first party of the year, the last party of that semester, the first party of the semester, the last party of the year. Of the of the school year, everybody's jockeying for position. Greeks, uh, independents, pro- promoters. Um, some school organizations started getting into it. The clubs were getting into it. So you're battling against a lot of people for this for the <laughs> for this the slot. And I just remember going to. It was called the Sphere. It was downtown Buffalo. Shouts already Artie off who, who I think still owns that that space. And um, I remember. We had gone to him Suits as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an org, a, a, a black fraternity that was also going for the first part of the year in 2004. I uh, won't mention their names. They're super dope, uh, but they, they know. Uh, uh, and I remember you like- know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. guys are good. This is good. This is good. This is really good. Um, so so I just remember going to Artie and, and we went with our pitch. And I know this fraternity had also gone with their pitch. And we're like, listen- you know we're gonna bring this audience that has been looking for a different type of party. Um, we're we're putting up the investment for it. I my Dodge Neon. I had a blue Dodge Neon. If you remember, <laughs> I remember. Right? Yeah, I had a blue Dodge Neon that had like uh, uh, I put like Bose speakers in it, and uh, I loved it. I, I loved it. It was amazing. I sold that so I could have money to do this party. Wow! I'm like, listen, Whoa. if it doesn't work, then I'll walk I, I walk everywhere. <laughs> I walk. The bus works. Yeah. And um I remember selling that for like fifteen hundred, almost two thousand.
0: And what does that mean? That's a guarantee for like Cass One to come up to Buffalo?
2: That was part of it. Or for the up,
0: space or for
2: the space. I mean the space was like two racks Cass. I don't I don't remember how much he was at the time. Most can't afford him right now. It's like for the flyers, for the T shirts, we had jackets. We had Whoa. Um we, we we went all out. We were in the student union. This is O three. We had class entertainment jackets, hats. Um, I'm going to put up a throwback Thursday You were
0: bringing a totally different energy. They had to. The only way
2: to be, to say or show your number one is to change the definition of it. And we didn't think anybody else was doing that. So we're like, let's go all out. Like, put everything on the table and go for it. Our team was diverse. We had like, but it was diverse in look, but same mental. Mm -hmm. Like- they were they were Dominicans on our team, black people on our team, white Rob people was on Italian. Our team. We were Rob <laughs> was, <laughs> exactly it was like it was just like a mixture of people. How many tickets did you have to sell? The spot held, uh, I think, a little bit under. I think it was seventeen hundred. Mm. Um, big space, yes, yeah, big space. But we didn't sell tickets it was at the door. Gotcha. And this is when and and we also lower slightly lowered our price, so we increased our expenses and lower the price on. Entry. I think it was five dollars for women, seven dollars for guys. So if you're
0: so if you're selling at the door, mm-hmm. you wanna make sure that
2: line is like crazy. Thick. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you know, September and Buffalo, everybody's freshmen. Like Yeah. And it's it,
0: before it gets real cold. Yes. But yeah.
2: it yeah, is yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. still real cold. <laughs> it's just chilly. It's chilly yeah. in September. <laughs> September in Buffalo is like uh what a late October. seven degrees like it, that's like 60 it's like november yeah. in, in new york um, so if
0: you don't if you don't sell the tickets ahead of time and you're anticipating like people just showing up to get in there's a chance yeah that maybe
1: no one's going to show up thousand
2: percent and you're never getting that Dodge neon back it's quiet yeah there's a little bit of math it's like all right we, we usually print five thousand flyers Um, If you get rid of every flyer, you're almost guaranteed to have 10% of the people there.
0: This is what you know or what you heard?
2: This is what we we heard and what we thought. Wait, why does it sound like Ron Burgundy where it's like it
1: works 100% of the time? (laughs) time. That's exactly what it was. (laughs) Panther. Um, uh,
2: But that was was the thought process. Like, all right, let's get 5,000 flyers. Let's get this out to the five surrounding colleges. ECC, which is Erie Community College. Damon. Buffalo State. Buffalo State UB. Buff State is where I met Cam. Yeah, shout in, out to in, Cam in the Union. We're handing out flyers in in, in two thousand three. So needless to say, Artie gave us the opportunity to do the party. We went hard, and I just remember we we picked Cass one up from the airport, brought him to the hotel, stayed at the hotel. I think it was called the Comfort Inn and Suites. Um, shots to them being super dope um, and not asking for five star hotels when they should've got it because they're that dope. Yeah. Um, although Comfort Inn and Suites was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Are we sponsored by them? Uh, I think maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah Let's write yeah. up that yeah. proposal. Yeah. Uh, a lot of free plugs. Um, <laughs> and I just remember Cas1 and El Boogs, because they both came. l Boogs is the host, Cast one was on the set. I remember them both getting to the venue, and I had left to go pick them up, right? Partially because I was a little bit of a face and I didn't want to be at the front door because everybody, like, yo, can you? Oh, no. That, that, that hits the margin, right? right yeah. So I, I went to get them, Jay and Damar. Damar was also um, a partner of Class Entertainment. He went to Buff State, Shots to Damar. They held it down, went to the hotel, came back. I just remember seeing on both, there's two sides of the, of the club. Front side of the club, mob backside of the club we had a little velvet rope yeah. for vip that shit was on the floor in the street. <laughs> and it was just like i was immediately like scared yeah <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Was shook right because i'm like all right they're out here what the hell is going on inside why aren't people getting in so i wanted my initial thought was like i'm gonna go inside and figure out why people aren't getting in and i so i'm like i can't leave them out here so i bring El books and Caswin in i'm like yo you know me i show my past you know, yo, why aren't people getting? I open the door, the shit is jam packed. That's the problem.
0: You do want to have <laughs>
2: it was I. It was you know you have confidence. Everybody prepares for failure. No one prepares for success. Mm. Like I was just like, That's well, if bar. it don't work, this is a bar. crap yeah. no more. But yeah. like, yeah. like that. It was just like, I, right, if it doesn't work out then, you know, listen, I can enjoy other people's parties. You'd rather have a life of old wells than a life of what ifs, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, another bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All these so, bars. Oh, so many bars. <laughs> so so, and, and it was jam-packed. So I remember bringing Castle in and Boogs up there, and I'm like, and I'm like, the last thing I had, the only thing we had to worry about was the music, which sure. we didn't have to worry about. And they tore that shit down. We called it Back to Basics. Every party had a theme. It was called Back to Basics. Mm-hmm. And that was just... From there on, you know, Class Entertainment. We ended up doing parties for like the next four or five years. You made the, your neon money back. Made the neon money back. Got a Nissan Maxima. All right, okay. Uh, upgraded a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was an older one. Leather had the good hey, speakers. It was, yeah. It was, it Wait, was, did it, you keep the Bose speakers? New speakers. Okay, it was, yeah. It yeah. came with Bose. Speakers, yeah. <laughs> so and it was still, it was still a '97, but that, like, it wasn't about having the most. Fun. It was like, this is the car that I see everywhere, or, or not everywhere, but this is the car that I think. Fits me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a 97 um, maxima. So you, you do the one party, but it's important to follow it up. 1,000%. So we did a few more parties. Uh, the DJs we brought, DJ CeeLo, uh Actually, we ended up bringing uh, Mr. C up to Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, This might have been 2005. We called it Ladies Night. Okay. Uh, This is
0: with Cam or? No, this is separate. Okay, gotcha. So
2: right around this, this it's like 04, Mm -hmm. 04 into 05. uh, And then Cam created something called Cool Kids Entertainment because he's a Kappa, Cool Kids Entertainment. But it was, he did it in his way, how he brought it to life. Mm -hmm. And um, every party we wanted to like up the bar. And I remember there was this other group of promoters called Guerrilla Entertainment. A lot of entertainment. A lot of there were a lot of promoters in Buffalo, believe it or not. And um, I choose not to believe. it. <laughs> I swear <laughs> there, was, there was real talk. Shots of real talk. I remember we got into <laughs> issues with other promoters. Like yeah. it just it just it happened. Shots of real talk. Um, yeah, but you could scrap just like you did in high school, right? So, <laughs> so man, I'm a changed man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a changed man. Um, but I remember we booked Mr. C. And um, Guerrilla Entertainment had a party at this other place. It's called the Pleasure Dome. It's in Niagara Falls. The and
1: Pleasure Dome in Niagara Falls.
2: <laughs> I know. You can't make it up. I swear. I swear. These are real names. I would, I would never <laughs> go to the Pleasure Dome. It was a bigger <laughs> venue. Niagara yeah, Falls. Yeah, sure. Which yeah. actually the Alphas did a lot of parties. A lot of Greeks did parties there. Mm-hmm. If you can afford to do parties there, mm-hmm. um, but the town Ballroom was like the hot, the hot spot in Buffalo. So... I remember Guerrilla Entertainment brought Fat Man Scoop up mm. the same day as us. And we had a conversation. I remember it. We're like, yo, you know, you know we, we, we sort of put it out on the wire. We're gonna, we might do a party. When we said we might do a party, we were going to do a party at <laughs> that time, right? So then they came out and said, well, we're going to do a party that day. I'm like, all right. We had already had the Ladies Night theme. This is the first time we had actual real competition on that night. It was Fat Man Scoop versus Mr. C. We had ladies free until midnight, and then it was like $5 after. Mm-hmm. Um, and believe it or not, people still complain about the price at that time. Because it's it, it just people going people. It yeah, is what yeah, it yeah. is. By the way,
0: real quick. Yeah. Does, does that work? Ladies free before midnight means a lot of ladies means a lot of fellas.
2: That, that, that's, so
0: does everyone show up before midnight then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: I mean, for my, in, in parties, the, not, the, the formula has always been the right drinks, the right music, the women. Um, the, the right, right l- venue, th- the right DJ. Th- those almost become secondary. Dome, you could have You could have that type of party in this room. Yeah, with that right energy, right? right? That that and that is consistently, I think, been. By the
1: way, that is the plan. Yeah, that is the
2: okay- energy. Yeah. That's right. why. That's that was- why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. It's the real. Yeah. <laughs> it's the real. Let's get to it. How do we pack out our kitchen? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I can one hundred percent. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that. yeah, that's natural. easy. That's easy. That's easy.
1: So, so
0: at so that night at that night, yeah.
2: So this is like a month ahead of time, a month and change ahead of time. Planning was different. All we had from a digital standpoint was Facebook. Facebook, you make your event invite, you invite people, they say yes or no. You use that as a litmus test if people are actually going to show up. Some people say no, but you see them there. Most people that say yes actually do show up. It was very um, uh, impressionable, Facebook, the event pages at that time. That's all you had digitally. Also, maybes or no's. Maybe's were a real thing. May- may- well, maybe's were, you know what? May- maybe's felt If you like
1: said maybe, you you're might not showing no. up.
2: <laughs> yeah, Honestly, yeah. What, what maybe's felt like, maybe's felt like, you know what? I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna make them, I'm a make no, them sweat. And maybe
1: I, is, I'm too much, I'm, I'm too pussy to say no yeah. <laughs> because you're my friend. I mean, yo,
2: people said no. <laughs> yo, believe there was a time like during that time where people, some people didn't rock with us. And yeah, Guerrilla Entertainment. I guess, I guess <laughs> it was really like you didn't have to like us, but like we're we're like respect what we're doing, and we didn't even ask you to respect us. It's like if you don't you don't rock with us, I then you don't like this. Yeah. Someone else does, and yeah. that's cool. Um, and uh, so Guerrilla Entertainment took out a, a, an ad in our school newspaper, and they took out a full page ad and it said there is no class tonight on the night of the party on a friday there was no class tonight and i think we saw that and we we're like wow we made it <laughs> i was like wow like someone actually spent money to like yeah like dead us yeah yeah and yeah that night
0: imagine you didn't see that
2: <laughs> no it was so it was it was like a like at first people saw us people started to get like on the team started to feel aware. i'm like yo that should feel good. Someone spent money on us right. to say that they're the better party tonight. Yeah. Thank you for the promo. Yeah. Like, God bless you. Like, I don't know. I always felt like, you know, people have power, the power of time, the power of attention, power of their wallet. If they give any one of those three to you, they've agreed to exchange a value, something, right? Yeah. So, yo, you're gonna spend that on us. You you're investing in us. That night party happened, pleasure dome was a ghost town. They were sending their bus to the town ballroom to pick up people who were outside trying to get in. This is January. People that were outside trying to get in. And I know it's college and I know it probably sounds like, whatever it sounds like, but that was massive for us. Like that whole college party experience was just like, it inspired a lot of me moving forward. You know what I mean? It it, it, brought, it brought a lot of things to life.
1: If it's 47 minutes into this podcast, that can only mean one thing and one thing only. It means that it is time for our mug roundup. Get your mugs today, right now, at itthrill.com shop. Itthrill.com slash shop has all their mugs for all your mug needs, including drinking and slugging and mugging. All those mugs, here they go. We only got five left. Jeff, I, <laughs>
0: I have no problem with what you just said, other than... None of it makes sense. What if it's not 47 minutes in? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, just just fix it in post. <laughs> so we got mugs for sale. Yep. And uh, and some t-shirts.
1: Mm-hmm. By the way, I want to shout out somebody who bought... I should probably get the name. Here, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll just kill some time. In That's right. We've got mugs for sale. M-U-G-S mugs. We've got mugs all your cup and mug needs. Almost, Jeff. Yeah, almost there. really can't find this guy's name okay
0: i want to shout out christian smith from silver spring maryland because christian smith bought a mug and silver spring is where our mom's from go listen to our mom's episode that's all you had to say 250 and now back i just debased myself to delia even forgetting about what your academic life is like,
2: <laughs> we forgot about. We we're there for school. Yeah, I right. Was there for parties. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're on probation. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> large fact. No, but
0: but but do you consider that to be your learning experience right there? That made those five years worth it. Your your time promoting parties, like basically you were majoring in promoting.
2: Yeah, it, I like your charge to learn outside the classroom was to be able to stay in the classroom because you had to be able to get good grades to stay there or you're going to pay a lot of money living off campus like yeah and then like what are you actually doing you're just promoting part which not, not that there's anything wrong with it but that just wasn't my goal like wanted to bring people together and i think we did that
0: how do you explain that to your parents
2: um i told my dad I mean, when i was living with him at the time that yo i'm throwing parties with DJ enough from the radio and he loved it, yo. Like he understood
0: um, it, accepted it. He kind
2: of understood it, but he was into it. He was like, "Cool." And you Support were like it. $7. <laughs> $7. Yeah, yeah. We, we and it worked out. Like it, it, it parties actually opened the door for me for a different realm. You know, after Buffalo, you know, I ended up getting a job with VH1 and how that connected to Buffalo. My job with VH1 Soul was to be a marketing coordinator. And one of the big parts of the job was booking partnerships with radio stations around the country to book tours for VH1 soul artists. Mm. Uh, it was Lettucey. It was, um, I'm blanking, but all these like neo soul artists and booking radio tours. Because radio is still the community unifier, right? You sold tickets, through the, 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 the DJs, the, the MCs, it was all through radio. The DJs that I work with, the heavy hitters, yep. were all over the country. You had Farris in Chicago, you had Felly Fell in LA, you had Enough, Camillo in New York. Um, you had Kanye in
1: Chicago. Kanye was <laughs> in Chicago, yeah, which yeah. Just,
2: you know, it was just, what well, he wasn't promoting. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah it was just, he, he was
0: a heavy hitter, though. He was a heavy hitter, that's yeah. a
2: fact. It was just dope to be a part of that. And then even throughout college, Enough and the guys like took me and Jay in. Um, I, in college, we booked Kanye for our Fall Fest in 05. Um, it was this. It was right after Katrina, mm. where he had said, "You know, George Bush doesn't care about black people." Yep. I remember when we put in the bid to try to get him. There were a few, you know, administrators that snickered at the idea that weren't really into it. So in Buffalo, at, from from being assistant uh, promotions director, after that, I ended up being promotions director. Uh, I, I, I ran for eboard, became vice president, and wow. finally I became president, which was super. Humbling, yeah, because um, you know Buffalo, eighteen thousand two. It was like it was it was it was humbling to say the least because people had to choose you.
0: Yeah, did you have a campaign slogan? Had
2: a campaign. We were called um, Elevation. Okay. Uh, I don't think we had a slogan. We just had a name. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the name Elevation was our ticket because you were leveling up. You yep. know? Yeah.
1: God. Damn. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah, that yeah, was a, yeah. Wow, that's a bar. That's <laughs> right. Wow.
2: That's a big bar. But
1: also, my favorite bar though, Pleasure Dome, <laughs> <in> Niagara Falls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, you don't say these things out loud and then you hear them. And it's like, oh, interesting. Got it. You
1: uh, how did life
0: change for you as president?
2: uh, uh Did you have too much power? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I had an e board, uh, a vice president, um Sonya King, who was dope, Mazen Kassed. So, uh, you know, we had a, a group of delegates. Um, Suny delegates for yeah. delegates, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. The jokes write yeah, themselves, yeah. yeah. Um, and we were like a tight knit group, like we were cool. The um, w- the office was run by uh, we had like senior administrators, like RP, like just the the, the people that handle finance. So every student had to pay a um, student mandatory activity fee, which came to us, and we planned the activities on campus.
0: Some of the events that you threw were,
2: man, I remember the year was just mad rap concerts. <laughs> it was a bunch. Yeah. It was a uh, Ball Fest was Kanye, uh, Keisha Cole, and Fantasia. Wow. Um, when I was VP, we had Dave Chappelle. Wow. Uh, uh, Bill Clinton came the year before us to speak. Wow. Um, we had... Bill Cosby, uh, right? It was, yeah, yeah. it was a different time. different time. Yeah. Different time for Kanye too. Right. A different time. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Different time for Bill Clinton. Actually. Yeah, 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 Wait, yeah. hold on. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Who's <laughs> the only good one? Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, Chapelle, Chapelle, Chappelle's Chapelle, Keisha Cole too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Ti. We had Fat Joe. Um, uh, we had some rock bands as well. I'm blanking on the names, but we had a bunch of really cool.
0: Who gave you the hardest time negotiating for for an appearance?
2: The hardest time. We had Snoop. Cast one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we had Snoop Dogg for our Spring Fest. Whoa. Which was amazing. And, um, it's a big show. The, yeah, the rider was dope. Um, uh, he asked for, I think at the time, was it a, not it, was the level up from Sega. Whatever the, the, it was a part of PlayStation, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of chicken, uh, <laughs> the TV. Um, so the the PlayStation grew legs. Yeah, uh, which is cool. Everybody's yeah, fine. well, it happens. Um, you know, you, know you kind of bank for that. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. anyone gave. It's an us, investment. It's you know? an investment. Yeah, 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 an yeah. Investment. you would
1: put up your Dodge Neon. Yeah,
0: Dodge Neon, back, <laughs> your, your Nissan <laughs> me. One thousand
2: percent. Yeah. Um, I can't remember anyone. Oh, and this time when I become president, my partner Jay had become music director. So we we like we're just
0: you and Jay were like two peas in a pod.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah we're super tight, super tight. Um, is it true that you got the Pope? To come to campus, I feel like that's not true. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that is inaccurate. Uh, we actually had when I was there, we had Colin Powell wow. come through and speak to us, and I, you know, I had my father come up.
0: Wow, uh,
2: my father. Came, yeah, yeah my, my father came through. He was dressed in like the kente cloth, and it was it was super dope. Like they met, we took a picture together, which is wow. kind of that's really nice. Fire. yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and you, Colin Powell? Me him and Colin Powell. Wait, Amazing. did Colin
1: Powell do a walkthrough? No, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he did a speaking engagement. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> energy. I want yeah. I want to get sponsored by the Pleasure Dome. Yeah, <laughs> know, Yeah, do we make yeah it let's throw a party box. at the Pleasure Dome. I'm gonna, bring Colin Powell up there. Yeah. Wait, dude,
2: uh, are, is Pleasure Dome still open? I don't know, man. I'm check. I, yeah, you should check. I mean, Might have <laughs> changed his name. It was is in Niagara Falls, New York. Um well t- have you been to Niagara Falls? Yeah, d- what been, was that like been a few times It was dope. It was cool. I mean it, so it was just 45 minutes so Canada was just 45 minutes from Buffalo. Uh, I remember when I had the blue neon, uh, me and my boys had gone up to Canada um, and I the blue neon again it's been through been through it was it had been through a lot prior to, to me selling it. but we crossed the peace bridge or I think it was the Peace bridge. There, had a good time, came back, car broke down. Mm-hmm. Right, right before no. right before crossing. I was I was with I was with Nelly. Yep. Uh, and I was Chastanelles. with Chassinelles. Uh, uh and a few of my other friends, Jacob, Arturo, like, and I just remember being stuck and then we had a tow truck. This is bringing, in Canada? This is right before you get over the Peace Bridge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold so, on, wait. The pleasure
1: dome is a strip club. Is there no way it's a strip club right now. Really? Mm. That's impressive. That's <laughs> unless, I'm, unless I'm looking at a different <laughs> no, Niagara Falls, New York. Yeah. It's on Ice uh, Ice Lake Road or something.
2: Oh no. No no
1: no. Wait, is it a different
2: place Niagara Falls, New yeah, York? You... <laughs> let me
1: tell you, it sounds like a strip club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, the the Google reviews say <laughs> there's no discount for military <laughs> yeah. and that and they get a one star for that.
2: Right, a one star. Valid. Valid. <laughs> you gotta discount the military. Thank you for your you service. Overrated,
1: you can... overhyped, overpriced <laughs> place. Ooh, come here. Plenty and of other places are a better time without draining your wallet. Just yeah. What avoid at all costs. What a time. If you pay a premium, you get some Pleasure Dome. <laughs> <What>? so, <laughs> yeah, there's right. a thing about uh, private dances. They're, they're real strict about that. <laughs> yeah, so, at changed. the Pleasure Dome. Yeah. Of, where is this?
0: So, okay. You 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 do your time. Whitehaven, fi- Pennsylvania. Nope, five years. <laughs> five years. Five years up at Buffalo. Five years uh, Buffalo. You graduate and come down to Manhattan. Yep. Um, you back living in the Bronx? Still in the Bronx. Still and in the Bronx. You you get the job at VH1. Yep, and that's a nine to five.
2: That's so a it's a ten to six. Ten to six. ten to six was fantastic because this was around the time where I was running with like enough in the guys. So wow. Right after work, I'd go to the station, Hot ninety seven, um, three ninety five Hudson, three ninety five Hudson, one hundred percent. What I what I didn't talk about earlier, is one of my first internship in college. Um, 03. 03 was a busy summer actually interned at Power 105. Whoa. Yeah. Down the dial. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> uh, interned at Power 105 at the time. Um, ironically, the promotions director was my chorus teacher's nephew from high school. Wild. Small world. Big wild. Darren Pfeffer, Shasta Darren, who's now at, at MSG doing amazing Dope. things.
0: What were you doing as an intern?
2: Man, I was on the promo team. On the promo team, and uh, we were setting up promotional giveaways for shows, giving away T-shirts, stickers, the pop-up tents, tents pop-up tents, getting some pleasure dome, <laughs> <laughs> pleasure dome. Um, you know, had to fill out your, your little rec sheet on you know the speakers you brought, and it was you know did did the, the, the dirty work. That was what opened my eyes to what type of promotions were needed in Buffalo in 04. Mm. So it, a lot of this, yeah, we, we had some creative ideas with Class Entertainment, but a lot of it was inspired just by watching and learning.
0: So at Power 105, you had some of those
2: like Sundays spent at like a Boost Mobile? 100%. In yeah. front of a supermarket. Mm-hmm. The most fun I had, though, was at Rucker in 03. Whoa, that's cool. Um, Rucker was dope. I actually have a picture somewhere with like do right. There's times I had like three X shirts on. I was half the weight I am now. Yeah. Um. where Rod Strickland and like Beyonce came to to Rucker. I don't have a picture of Beyonce, oh, oh, all right. uh, but she was there. But just being in 03, that I think that was around the time like Jay and Fat Joe were like that. whole Totally. Thing was happening. Yeah. Yeah. But Power 105 was at Rucker. Well, at you the were time. a Fat Joe guy. Uh, Bronx. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. He had no idea who I was. So was <laughs> but um. But still having met Big Pun way back was kind of cool. Um. But yeah. So. Just fast forward now, after the parties, after booking the DJs, being at Hot 97, uh, after work, linking with the guys, and then going to, like, Patty Laurent parties. The best – shouts to Patty Laurent. You're not going to hear about this, but the best party that I've ever been to. Period. Okay, it's one of the best okay, parties okay, I've okay. ever been yeah, to, yeah, yeah. but at that time, it was far beyond whatever I could – T Pain's album release party oh, at Air in the Meatpacking district. Woo. I think Air was AER. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And enough dj And it was open bar. I didn't even know what open bar was. I couldn't even fathom it. <laughs> open bar, it was past food, but forget that. It was the people. It was like rolling in there with like Cas one, Camille. There's a picture of like Juanito and and Big Julio and of Julio that and in and, and It was just one of it was one of those nights where it was worth getting home at three o'clock and waking up at seven to go to work at ten. Yeah. Like that and that's what it was for a while. It was like I had my work thing and then I went out with the guys. And what was great is like eventually I was able to bring them into like some of the hip hop honors stuff that we had going on with h one, which is cool and they they were part of that too. So So when
0: you're running around with enough and all them, yeah. What do you see about the way that he walks into a room and the way he like just Sets up behind the turntables and does his thing.
2: The utmost respect walking into a room, like till this day, till this day, <laughs> like the utmost respect um, back then it was just as enough, he was getting booked every club, every promoter in the city. And, and and that's when I started to see the divide. Like in Buffalo, it was a little easier for, for me to see like black, white, Hispanic, like all in a room partying when you get to New York. You have the Spanish promoters. You have you know the white promoters. You have you know some bridge and tunnel. You got the black promoters, and you kind of knew what nights they'd be there. Like I think back to Strada on twenty first mm-hmm. Friday was the black night. Saturday was the Spanish night. Right, and, and you'd see like maybe the Union DJs on Friday, and then you'd see the heavy hitters Camilo on Saturday. But the promoters drove that. It was the relationship between the promoter and the club and and the booking. So it was super interesting to see that. Uh, that dynamic boulevard on Bowery, which is r i p boulevard which is now um vandal mm-hmm. uh crash mansion, which is now vandal um but it's just, it's just enough walking into a room respect one of my favorite things about the about the guys cast one if you've ever seen cast one cast one is like an x men <laughs> um uh, what, what, go what's on. The yeah. 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 <laughs> what was the X Men's name that could uh, change into whoever? Um, what's her name? Oh, Changeling.
1: <laughs> that one. Yeah, that one.
2: <laughs> Whatever X. I'm blanking. But like, he, he could literally morph into any whoever he wanted to be. And you think that, like, in terms
0: of his musical in choices, in terms of his
2: set, like he'll go deep reggae, or at the time when it was reggaeton, like he, or just. Hip-hop, and there were levels to the hip-hop. Like, Cass would just see things. He, he knew what you wanted to hear before you knew what, what yeah. you, you wanted to hear. And he still does. Yeah. Like, he mm-hmm. still gets that. What's super interesting about Cass and Boogs actually hit me to this, if you've ever seen him stretch in the booth and take his shoes off, <laughs> <laughs> he's about to fuck this party up. Wow, like, He's about to go to work. And I always look out for him. And a couple times I caught it, he'd go wild. Go wild and it's the most amazing. He just thing. can't
0: do the same show yeah. and choose. No,
2: I don't know. It's just his thing. <laughs> yeah. and, and then he had his like Crossfader reverse. Like yeah, just, yeah, yeah, he just yeah. like he, he was just like a prodigy type. It, mm-hmm. Anyway, shots, cast. Like, my Big shots to cast like shots to DJ. Amongst a group of DJs that I love, like he's he's just uh, amazing.
0: What was your relationship with in college and then post-college with Cam
2: McCullough? <laughs> Cam. Uh, Cam and I, like, you, we met uh, again in, in Buff State Student Union. Where who rejected me? <laughs> I went on probation anyway. So it's right, right, right. Um, and we met in the student union. I can't remember who introduced us. Uh, Jesus, probably, yeah. G- probably yeah. Jesus, probably yeah. Jesus. And, good looking uh, out, good looking out, guy. yeah. <laughs> Great word. And and then we we connected and clicked from there. What's funny is that it's a story that we real talk, which we actually had uh, class entertainment had some issues with. Um, but we're all good now. Um, Cam was cool with real talk. Title with real talk. Uh, so I remember when real talk and class got into it. We were on opposite sides of the field, so to speak. And um, but that didn't really didn't really. We weren't against each other. we were just opposite sides of the field. Um, it was like lehman and kennedy essentially <laughs> wow you guys are fantastic <laughs> Holy shit! yes essentially yes yeah. it's home turf um and uh yeah now nah, we met in 03 he was doing events we actually did a party together i think it was um it was at the town ballroom i'm gonna have to look up the fly i know i have it somewhere i'm gonna find it but it was cool kids and class entertainment we did a party together in like 07 after i left Buffalo. I kept coming back for the parties. Like I would leave work, fly out Friday to Buffalo for the party, stay the weekend, come back, go back to work. So it was kind of cool. But Cam and I, we stayed tight till till he came back to the till he came to the city, um, and like, uh, oh nine, oh eight, oh eight, uh, and then things were different, right? Like I think at this time I had stepped back from class entertainment. Jay was was more taking the lead on that. I was at VH1, catching my stride. Then I moved over to BET. I started working on Centric, mm-hmm. which is now like BET Her. Yeah. Uh, so I was still doing uh, radio promotion, but then I moved over to consumer marketing, uh, which is what I was doing for Centric. And then Cam and I stayed close. He came in the city. Uh, and then it was like, all right, I'm seeing what the city is like. And you know, partying doesn't stop. It just changes, right? Mm-hmm. And one of my best friends, DJ Crossover, he used to go out on 2nd Ave and uh, there were a bunch of bars, like Turtle Bay, Traffic, all these bars. Yeah. And then one night he went to this bar called Opal, uh, which is on the corner of 52nd and 2nd. And he's like, yo, Dell, we got to check it out, like it's crazy, like it's $5 drinks, it's 7 to 12. I'm like, how? Like, <laughs> how is this possible, right? Like they were serving like Patron and Grey Goose from... For $5 for 7 to 12 So I remember going in there on a Friday and DJ Peter Parker was DJing. Cool dude. And I went in and The energy was like, eh. Agreed. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, eh, okay, heard you. And, and, <laughs> and the way Opal set up, it's like a party room in the back where there's a bar in the front. So I was like, yo, what is going on here? This seems like an opportunity. And uh, I remember meeting the owner one night. And um, his sister, and talking to her, saying, you know, love to talk about doing some events here, curved me for six months. Didn't really hear, but didn't really get the energy. But I still kept going, because, like I swore, still being in the Bronx 52nd and 2nd, it just seemed like a gold mine. It Hmm. just seemed like, how isn't anything really popping? And they called it Opal Fridays, and, Mm -hmm. and it was still, you know, it was what it was. Opal... Had Opal Fridays. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what was called. Okay. I actually, I, <laughs> I'll tell you later. I called, oh, I called it Opal Fridays when I went to another venue after. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later.
0: But you you wanted to bring a new energy. Yeah,
2: I wanted to bring energy to a bar scene. Yeah. And mind you, the, the clubs were still very much happening. Like, it, it, it it's funny. I, so, still kept going. Well,
0: so, he says no or, or doesn't respond to your all
2: right, but correspondence. Fine, it was minimal excitement from their part. So I just kept going back, and then I met with this guy, TJ, who's the general manager there. And you know, their job is to make money and to bring money into the venue, into sure. the space. So I was like, listen, you know, it'd be great if we could, you know, take a shot and, and see what's what. And um, he's like, oh, let's see what you got. It taught me that sometimes the owner will say no, but the promoter will say yeah. And not that TJ was the promoter, right? When I get to a club, I don't argue with the bouncer, the bouncer has a job to do. like to protect blank. That's their job. Sometimes you want to ask to speak to a manager, right? Mm -hmm. Who can help me get this done. So that's kind of what that was. And in this case, TJ, who was lower on the totem pole, was like, let's do it. Ended up doing parties there for about three, four years. Had a bunch of my friends, guest bartends. Shots to Nomad and Sean Malcolm. They used to DJ. Crazy. Um, And it was just Opal Fridays. Just was like a thing. It was just like we, I got out of work at Viacom, go to Opal, and then after that, sometimes we'd go to, like, Taj, uh, which is where, like, a cast one would be on a Friday. Three, four years doing that? Three, four years doing that. Um, I think one of the best nights there was we used to do Black Friday after Thanksgiving at Opal, because everybody used to come home from school. Sure, yeah. And second half was dead. <laughs> and I remember the first one we did, the line was wrapped around the corner. Usually, they would, like... Pay me a couple of days later, uh, so I like pay the bartender like, ahead of time. I remember at the end of the night, T.J. handed me like an envelope overflowing of money. Respectfully, he's just like, "Yo, we got to keep this energy going. Like, let's go. Let's let, let's keep it going." He was taking shots. He was buying shots for everybody. <laughs> it was like, and then and then I got cool with the owners, super cool with the owners. Eddie Brady, who ended up owning um, Opal. Uh, and tammany hall Mm. he owned tammany hall as well which uh you know that's a big place huge place huge place which fit into the equation later on um because henny palooza was at tammany hall
0: so cam has a party in a basement
2: amongst friends yep were you there that night i was there the first night you were one of the friends i was one of the friends and you were playing games no, uh, did you did you bring any liquor? I did bring liquor. <laughs> uh, I did bring some some chicken and right. liquor at the time. Yeah. I, that I, was I, the
0: that was the the notes uh, yeah, app invite. That,
2: that note I made that notes app invite. You can see how old my my iPhone might have been an iPhone three, right? Because it had the dotted lines. Like, totally, you need yeah. To stay in line, like right. I would get out of line. Yellow, typing, background. You know, yeah. yellow background, yellow yeah. background. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like bring Hennessy of any flavor, chicken of any flavor so, at the time. But yeah. the goal
0: that night yeah. was a controlled, like, small crowd, right? It wasn't going to be, like, overflowing? Yeah, or?
2: yeah. It was, it was a it was game a night. It was a kickback. It was a kickback. Yes, yeah. it was a kickback. When I got there, so it started, I think I want to say it started at like, 8. When I got there about 11.30, the lights were lower. <laughs> was mm-hmm. joke. yeah. <laughs> the jokes tell themselves, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I got there like 11.30 with, with chicken, <laughs> chicken and liquor in tow, and the lights were lower. Genius was tearing this place down. Mm-hmm. I just remember Ebb... Um, all, all, like speaking like, quietly, speaking, yeah, speaking so quietly. Shout out to Eb the celeb. She's uh, unblock me, Eb. Right? <laughs> <laughs> unblock me. Everything's fine. Um, I just remember like just the energy and Laura Styles was at the first one. Big shout to Laura. Uh, Lady Shells was there. Like Kaz, every the group was. there yeah, It was yeah. just nuts. It was nuts. And I just remember that picture of all the empty bottles by the garbage can. That's forever, forever. And then the has And then it, it Fox. Because Fox is notorious for hashtags Yeah, Follow Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> um shouts to Fox, one of the smartest people I know. Yeah. Um that 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 the Henny Palooza hashtag just took a different meaning. And um that was the first one. The second one was at an art gallery yeah, yeah. in the Lower East Side on Norfolk. Mm-hmm. And i won't say too much about that day, but it was amazing. It was February, it's a couple months later. Um I hope someone painted the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because blue denim stains white walls. Mm-hmm. You never know till it does, right? Isn't that <laughs> like... Yeah. You never know what things do until they do. But I just No remember. one
1: ever prepares for failure. <laughs> yeah. And no one it was, ever prepares for, yeah. Yeah. for failure. Yeah. <laughs> there was no
2: failure that night. It was, everything was fine. Wait, <laughs> why were
1: the walls stained with denim? Jeff, use your imagination. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know.
2: Pleasure Dome. Yeah, yeah, Pleasure yeah. <laughs> was that... Pleasure
0: Dome. Huh. Yes,
2: yes. There's a lot of dancing. So could
0: you <laughs> see... Could, could you see in either of those first two nights, in different locations, the only thing that connects it is the energy and and the liquor. Yeah. Could you see the future?
2: I could see that this could only go one way if people believed it could go one way. Well, What does that take in, in your eyes at that point? Belief. Um, there's this quote, uh, I think it's Henry A. Ford, whether you can or you can't, you're right. Um, and I think... He- Henny Palooza. The group had faced a lot of challenges, right? The third Henny Palooza was on 141st in Convent. It was in a house, right. brownstone-ish. That night was filled with emotion. Wasn't there like a the car hit someone outside, something like that, <laughs> <Cool>. right? <laughs> <laughs> was it a Nissan Maxima? Right? <laughs> I didn't drive that night. I thought, okay, I, everything was fine. Um, I think at this time I was living in Brooklyn. Okay. I was living in Sunset Park at the time, uh, Chinatown, Sunset Park, but. Yeah, that night was crazy. Like I that's the only way I can explain it. It was nuts. It was like Mike Mogul carrying Ice across the crowd. I was bartending in the um in the inside area. There was a bartender out there like in the in the patio. There was like a little water fountain. Um and it was like a trap house. And I and I say this in the most respectful way cuz obviously the leveling up has happened and you can actually have conversations about where we are and how we got there but like that anything was possible that night for better or for worse and i did hear and (laughs) the car the girl that (laughs) got hit by the car apparently it was like the slowest moving car that that like nudged her and anyway yeah stories for days yeah um i think the fourth one was at the kappa house where I remember that night, I remember there was, you know, those water, the Poland Spring things Yeah. you press yeah. the level? Oh, yeah. It was filled with Hennessy. Okay. It was filled with Hennessy, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so some people got cold Hennessy or hot Hennessy, whatever that was. Sure, is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hot Hennessy
1: uh, for, for a cold winter oh, night. Yeah you, know? yeah, you heard it here yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and again, you know, same thing. Um, just the, the the people, the music, the energy. That was like three floors. It was just, it was nutty. And then obviously it got bigger, it got bigger and it grew and that's when Tammany Hall came into play um, and Tammany Hall had it there a couple of times. Chris Styles always reminds me of this. Remember that day at, at Henny Palooza where I told you I'm going to be on that stage? Uh, he reminded me of that at one day only last year. And it's just, yo, know, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And And this, around that time, I came back to VH1. Um, I like I, I like what was going on at VH1, I'm still working on like nostalgia, music, hip hop honors. Got laid off September 2011. Um, I kind of knew it was coming because a lot of the work that I was working on, I made a choice to go to BET or come back. Um, they hired me back a couple months later. So it's 2012, all this is happening. Like 2012, Henny Palooza begins the end of the year, I'm back with VH1 doing partnership marketing. Um, I'm, I'm with them for two years. I think 2013 is where I got recruited off LinkedIn uh, for Pernod Ricard. And that is where you worked primarily with? Avion Tequila. It was Martel Cognac. It was Jameson. It was Perrier-Jouet Champagne. Uh, it, it was a lot of these really prestigious brands that were looking to make their mark in multicultural. When
0: you say, if you if you see it, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah,
2: It's one thing to say
0: when you're throwing house parties sure um also it's another thing to say when you're up in buffalo not in new york city mm-hmm. when you want to pair a brand yeah and you're on the business side with an organic pop and party in new york city mm-hmm. and you believe it mm-hmm. is it possible to achieve it
2: oh listen when i when i when i first started at Pernod in like january 2014 i was like oh it's lit Like, I have these people here that do this, these people there that do that. It's a plug and play. Um, It wasn't that. What I didn't know was the language I needed to speak inside the building so that they understood the culture. Um, CPG marketing is usually based on insights in which strategies are created. And then you, you ladder it down. You bring it to life through the creative, through... Um, the marketing tactics through, but you have to align on what success looks like first. What do we want to achieve? How do we want to get there? So um, it was not easy. I, I was like, oh, we're going to do parties. I got gotcha. And then my boss, Marame, shots to Marame, super dope, uh, worked at Heineken as well, was like, actually, no, we got to develop strategy and then we can plug and play a lot of these opportunities that you believe in. So I did that for two and a half years and I think towards... Uh, the end of my run in multicultural, I was so like I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. And the CMO, Pierre Barard, who's from France but super like forward-thinking, you know, um, he just wanted to really understand what I saw. Uh, he came to Sons of Essex to, for the Sunday brunch. Um, and really started to understand couldn't understand how Sons of Essex which is a prestige luxury account at right. the time mm-hmm. one of Jameson's strongest accounts could do a Saturday brunch all hip hop yep be packed out with this diversity yep. and have this type of energy we were on the we were on the couch standing on couches yeah. he, was, he was he was too up. he was standing on the couch he took the blazer off okay. standing on the couch and i appreciate people that lean in right yeah. like mm-hmm. The executive leaned in and was like, yo, this is, you know, this is dope. Let's let's get to it. So I came in that role with no official liquor experience, which is part of the reason why the learning was a little rough, right? Multicultural marketing was really trade marketing. Trade marketing is essentially um, your audience are the retailers. The retailers in the off premise, liquor stores, wholesale, the on premise nightclubs, bars, bowling alleys, wherever they serve liquor ready to drink. Trade marketing. Can I give them this Jameson banner to hang up in a bar? Can I give them this Martell banner to put up on a wall that will influence people to buy the brand, right? What I was trying to explain but didn't know how to say it was the war begins before consumers even walk in the liquor store or in the nightclub. You know what you're going to drink before you walk into any venue. You have an idea, like you probably yeah. have a, like a, a bucket of brands that you're probably gonna rock with. What brand gave you that experience that one night? What brand um, gave you a memorable night? What brand is gonna bring you this? Pe- whatever it is, whatever it is, it's like it becomes badge brands. Yeah. As I was at Prono, I, I moved on to luxury marketing, which was I worked on more on champagne and the higher end brands. I was doing that for a year, which was cool, and that was more influencer engagement, um, working with the prestige team and our prestige sales managers that were in Miami, LA, New York, Dallas, different levels of prestige, like high-end restaurants, bars. Um, I was able to travel. It was, it, was, it was such an eye-opener from the Bronx, such an eye-opener to see luxury at this realm. It just, I learned so much. I learned, I learned a lot from it. And then I started to understand that in luxury marketing, people of a certain income have a certain taste, and this is what they're willing to spend it on. Ironically. That's still multicultural marketing. Hmm. That's still urban marketing. People are willing to spend X amount of dollars on what they believe in, whether it's bottles, clothing, um, you know, apparel, sneakers. Like people will spend what they believe in, which is not different from a millionaire. Priorities just change. Sure, priorities are different. So um, that was also educational. Also reinforced the things I believe in. Around this time, it's like 2015. My old colleague, sort of mentor, who had moved over to Hennessy. Um, Shasta Rich McLeod. Um, you know, while I was at Pernod Ricard, I was still trying to plug Henny Palooza in with Hennessy, which, you know, um friends, home team, that's what it was. It wasn't that easy of a plug and play over there. Um, met some hurdles, um, and it eventually didn't end up working out. Yeah. So well, I, what were those hurdles? Uh I remember telling Cam and Benner. At the time, listen. shots to Benner. Big shots to Benner. Yeah, I've known. You know how long I've known Benner. I've known Ben two years. <laughs> I, I met Benner around the same time I met you guys. So uh, I told Benner and Cam, like, listen, I'm thinking luxury. I'm thinking the brand that that they want to be Hennessy as a brand. Like, maybe we should, maybe in the in the in the content, maybe we shouldn't be drinking from the bottle. Maybe maybe we reel it back on the twerking. Maybe we reel it back on. Certain things, and we just showed the good time. They did that. They reeled it back. The content was great. Um, and, you know, for me, it was interesting, right? Because people like Henrock are my, my, my peoples. I've known him yeah, yeah, yeah. since he was on Sirach, running with Bad Boy, like like OG. But it, they're different tactics. Like Henny Palooza wasn't trying to take over what Henrock was doing, their nightclubs, their lifestyle. This is just a different extension. And I remember um that happened and then there was really no movement. And I think at that time, like Cam and Ben were like, yo, F this. Like, we just gotta be who we are. And at mm-hmm. that point, I was like, I feel that, yo. Like, don't bend, be who you are. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If they don't get it, they will one day. Yeah. Um, I think everyone struggles. Part of the reason people struggle is cause they skip steps. I think on Instagram, People, it's easy to see a lot of what Henny Palooza or Duce Palooza is right now. There were struggles that maybe didn't or haven't been shown, and it's all good. You know that third Henny (laughs) Palooza. Boy, that third Henny Palooza. What a time! But look, the leveling up was real.
0: When you are working, I don't know what those hours were. When you look in the mirror during those hours, who do you see?
2: I saw. That's a really good question. I saw someone that was trying to connect two sides, culture and corporate. Um, and if you look at the numbers and you look at where any alcohol brand's volume is coming from, it's hard to deny that the dollars shouldn't be going into those same opportunities into culture. Um, I think sometimes, and I, I don't think it's—I I think sometimes people in positions need to understand things before they sign off. Understanding isn't a prerequisite to approval.
0: You,
2: if you wait for someone to understand what you're about before they give you the green light, your light will be red forever. So I, like there's not enough said about this group, the Henny to Palooza, in the push, and what Cam has basically pushed, and what Ben and Rory have leveled up into Doce. And people from culture respect and believe that, a la Jay-Z. Like like that is, they believe in the grit. They were once in that position of people don't believe, I got to believe in myself. Again, whether you can or you can't, you're right. Right. And that
0: matters way more, by the way, than
2: any brand name. 1,000%. Because if you keep working and doing what you need to do, the brands will be knocking at your door. Just think about where Brunch Bounce was, apartment 78.
0: Oh, man. Shout out to
2: Irv. Shout out to Irv. Like, think about... What trap karaoke was like, big time. You know, back then what body rolls started as, yeah. what grits and biscuits. Oh my god, which you could really make a like grits and Saturday morning cartoons one of the same. Yep. shots to Homo. <clears throat> yeah, like what they they were like on the road first. Yeah, Neons, they were like
1: they did Irving Plaza. They, they did.
2: Yeah, it, it's just crazy to see that people are like, well, listen, I don't have this brand support, but I'm gonna go out and get it.
0: Shots to everyday people. Shots to
2: everyday people like Modi, like like those. I I don't know, man. Like, we're we're in a time where believing in yourself is the most important thing. It's the most important checkbox that you can check off. In order for other people to believe in you, you got to believe in yourself.
0: For sure. No one's going to care about you more than you yourself. You
2: guys. Right. The same goes for you guys. You guys built, built. And look at where you are now. This is I mean, it's amazing what everybody is doing. In our able kitchen. Yeah. In your kitchen. Energy. Yeah, that but just, just
0: wait
1: till Della gets this popping over just here. Just wait yeah. till I get 150
2: yeah. <laughs> people in here and an intimate night of guests. can't With flavored wait. Flavored chicken <laughs> and flavored yeah. alcohol. Just wait. You can get
1: <laughs> denim out of uh, brick. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure living. That's room. right. I see it already. That's right. I see it. So when you look at what
0: Henny Palooza did at Terminal 5, yeah. so their five year anniversary, they sold that out. Yeah. It was crazy. And then they did the Duse deal, yep. and you know the sky's the limit for that, right? Yeah. They're they're doing festivals, they're all over the country and the world, mm-hmm. and you consider that that party that started in that basement. Yeah. How gratifying is that for you? It's super
2: gratifying. It's 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 crazy gratifying. I when I think back to that five year anniversary, um, so that five year anniversary was at, at Terminal Five was super interesting because it was like, well, we're gonna still order this brand. And we're still gonna instruct the venue to order this brand, but then they brought me in from a Martell side, and this is when Wale was still under the Martell deal. Yep. And you know, I was working Shasta India over at the Fader. India yeah. and Genisa. Um, this was around the time where they were there was a lull, right? We had been meeting with Cam Benner, Peach Cam, uh, Cam Benner, Peach Cam. Cam Benner, Peach, <laughs> and Rory um, to talk about. What a Martell 10th partnership would look like. And I remember being in Fader and we're talking about the opportunity and again, strategy. We're trying to figure out how the 10th fits into what Martell's strategy already is. And I remember that board and the presentation that, that Cam had come up with and Rory and Benner, which they nailed, and, and Page, and they nailed it, killed it. And I looked at it and I was like, this is really dope for Martell and it, 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 it would have caused them to be a different animal yeah. than what they were because what i needed them to do was to dumb it down so that people on my side could understand it which they were will, almost willing to do at the time but simultaneously the rock nation combos were happening and i remember cam called me up He's like, yo i'm gonna come through so he came up this is by the time i was living in Bedstar, um Came up to the crib and we were on the roof just chilling, just chopping it up like we, we normally do. He's was like, listen man, like I had a really important call and um, you, know, I, you know I spoke to, to, to Len and I, I spoke to the guys over there and like I think they really want to make this thing happen with Duse And at that point, I was like, yo, I feel you a thousand percent. That bag is ready to be picked up, um, they're ready to go. I had to think through how legal would deal with an event like this, how the brand teams would understand it. I, had to, I did that, all that thinking, and I'm like, I'm not going to have you wait. I wouldn't ask you to wait for that to happen. Go get it. And they did. And again, betting on yourself is the best bet you can make. And people bet on them. And that bet is coming through tenfold.
0: So, for sure. Yeah. Also, at that fifth anniversary uh, Terminal 5 show, Mr. C was
2: playing. Mr. C was playing. Yeah. yeah so it's so, like this full circle yeah, thing. Yeah, man. Along uh, throughout the years, like Mr. C has been a supporter. Um, the guys at Camillo was at the five year anniversary. So yeah. was there as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, it's just... Oh, it, <laughs> we like, were there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's the real was there. It's the real was there. The pleasure don't want to make an appearance. It's all good. Um, but yeah, now, nah, like... It, and that's what it's become, like, a place for people... Like, all these parties. All these parties have become... I was, I was with... Um, uh, I, I met up with Annie and Melissa from Mass Appeal and Title. Shots to them, yeah, super dope. Yep, I um,
1: literally just now got an email from Annie Channel. Oh, that's tough. That. Yeah, that. it's a
2: small world um, <laughs> or small internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they body roll party, killing it, killing it. They did that because they're so busy and they want to connect with friends. They said, "Let me create a room that I can connect with my friends." Right. Imagine being so busy that in order to connect with your friends, you have to throw a party. Or have somebody over for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are genius. Yeah, like, yeah, you guys yeah, get it. Yeah. Like, that, just that, do that it is, one by one. Yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <right? laughs> like, it's just, I mean, people are so talented and they don't know it. Like, the thought of bringing people together in itself is a skill.
0: Well, so, good transition there. Oh, man. Communications major. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you've had these nine to five, 10 to six, nine to seven, whatever, whatever your hours were, you know, you're getting dressed up and going into a building. That time has come to an end. Yep. Recently, yep. you are doing something where you're bringing people together, yeah. and you're learning now how to bring brands and people and messaging together. Yeah. And you have this new this new chapter in your life. Yeah. Speak on that.
2: Listen, I'm not the first one to think of this concept. Um, I, I there's a gap in my years of working in corporate. Um, there's a there's a gap in communication. A gap in uh, literacy between corporate and culture it goes without saying Um, you could talk about Kendall Jenner Pepsi you could talk about Gucci there there's there's something that brands that are looking to move units in our culture are missing right but there's also a responsibility from corporate to respect that culture respect the conversation be a part of it not take it over no one owns culture no one I, I think you can be a part of it you can add value to it in my humble opinion but no one owns it. That said, I think there's an opportunity to really educate culture on the opportunity of culture. How can you be in it and not vulture it? I think there's an opportunity with an influencer engagement to really bring... I hate the word influencer. Rory tweeted something and said, influencers, question for you. What do you actually influence? Sure. yeah. And that's not a question that comes up enough, right? You're an influencer. What do you influence? If Instagram died today...
1: oh." don't
2: don't put that in the air i'm just saying i'll i'll not go with if instagram died today a lot of people would be hurt yeah sure i don't want it to die today but i take value in knowing that if it did i would be afloat because relationships are real yep like real relationships are everything um where would you get your likes from Probably just draw hearts <laughs> like on the building, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah, like that. Yeah. In. Uh, wear heart shirts, give it out. I don't know. Um, yeah, the influencer piece is so interesting. I don't know what the next evolution of the word influencer is, but what do you actually influence? Do you drive people to retail? Do you change how people behave, or what they think, or how they move? Do you inspire them? What did Nipsey say? The highest act is to inspire, yeah. like, like that is influence. Like, I saw, I was. Before I not while I was late, just sort of <laughs> but I saw the Beyonce doc. Oh, same with yeah. us. Yeah. She has power. Yeah. Like from just from a like, okay, let's 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 check the boxes. From a retail standpoint, she doesn't even have to like spend money on marketing off the first day. The beehive is gonna do that for her on the on the social platforms. They're gonna sell it for her. From an emotional standpoint, you know, women, black women, believe you can. You can, what is what's that called cool? you can't you can't be what you can't see mm-hmm. like wh- look look be better yeah. be this be better like just Go. like
1: Melania Trump says, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, did you say that? Do better, do better. Well, be better, be better, be yeah. better. Something. Yeah. Well, she needs to do better. Yeah, she does, yeah. and she needs to be better. Uh, yeah, her and her husband. Yeah. Um,
0: but sorry, but, you were saying no, everything's fine. No, no, no but Jay Z and Beyonce, right? Yep. Yep. You watch that documentary, you see what they do in real life. Shasha Ravi B, nice big cam big shouts credits. to Ravi
2: B. Bronx, what up? Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're like superheroes because they take that power and they use it for good. Right? Trump and company. Yeah. They're taking that power and they use it for evil.
2: Yeah, man. You know, I'm waiting for the day that... Hot take alert. I'm waiting for the day that poor white people realize they have more in common with poor black people. Crazy. Because then the Trumps can't exist. Right, you right. You can't be manipulated. You don't have a leg to stand on. They don't have a leg to stand on now. I think a lot of a lot of what happens in this world is motivated by either fear or love. Right. Um, and it's one of those two things either inspire you or they keep you to yourself. And fear-mongering ain't it. Fox ain't it. New York Post ain't it. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's not going to get us far. And not that this took... This is cool that we're talking political, right? Like It's like inspiration is real. People are inspired by what they see by by what moves them. You had to dig deep to find the light and darkness to really inspire you. And it's important that you have people like AOC, like Jay, like Beyonce. like Even from a celebrity standpoint, that's all great, but there's real life heroes around us. Yeah, Like what Nipsey did, rest in peace to Nipsey, what Nipsey has done is gonna live on far longer than his life.
0: For sure. That
2: is like to inspire, to make people believe they can be more, do more, have more. Especially if you're from Houston, if you're from Brooklyn, if you're from LA, different places, you can be, so be. Whether you can or you can't, you're right. And I think it's been—it's never been more important to have people inspire that messaging than it is right now. Yeah. And you know, I don't—I won't say too much about the Trumps and the and the Melanias, all that. I think, you know, I think. You know, people. Some people will say that racism is the biggest issue in the country. Hot take alert again. I think classism is the biggest issue. I mean, you ha- you have articles coming out talking about how, you know, again, I'm not a politician, but the Hudson Yards money was actually supposed to be uh, for undeveloped housing or uh, housing units in the city. Yep. Something like Hudson Yards, ate Harlem's lunch. Like classism is a is an issue that directly affects racism. Yeah. Because more people of color are poor, more poor than not.
1: Well, I mean, just look at also
2: the Notre Dame
1: thing, Notre Dame thing, excuse me, where it's like, you know, suddenly $300 million are are freed up to yeah. fix this, but... From the U.S. government. but from like the U.S. government. But the underclass is just like totally fucked up.
2: Yeah. You know, Jamel Hill tweeted something like, lives in Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah. A lot, it's sort of like... And
1: I saw a lot and, of Haitians were pissed. Yeah, a lot of Haitians.
2: And listen, I, I'll be honest. I have, a, I have a connection, like I have a sort of a special connection to Paris, like just from a work standpoint. Yeah. Um... And just seeing that was kind of like jarring, like, wow, politics have, I think from a country to country standpoint, I think there's politics that make countries want to donate maybe for a favor later, those politics. And that's why voting is so important, right? Like that's why you can no longer be willfully ignorant and say, well, I don't like her or I don't like him. I'm not going to vote for anybody. That that ship has sailed. Right. Like we're at a time where you have to get involved. And I just think about the days where, you know, I had to get involved. Like you got to get in the mix. You have to be informed. You got to know what people are talking about.
1: You got to bring Bill Clinton up to Buffalo. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I was
2: waiting for that job. You got to bring him up there. Yeah, but
0: but now you're going to bring your influence and do what you best can in a in a positive fashion to younger people.
2: You call it influence. I call it um well, I want to take back the word, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, wow! Yeah, I have just yeah, that, wow. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah! How I, brave! <laughs> it's like it's essentially these relationships that I've made over time from corporate to influencer. Um, the third part of of what I was talking about, from corporate to influencer, youth empowerment. Um, that for me is is the longer game, but that is super important because. Again, people need to be inspired by what they see. In high school, I just think about how important high school was for me. Ideally, it starts younger, but from a youth 14 to 18 I'm, or 13 to 17, I'm coming into my own old enough to do better. People need to see examples of them. They need to be a conversation between influencer and youth. There needs to be a feeder program between youth and corporate. We can do a lot more. And I think that's where the opportunity is. That's where the gap is. And again, if there was any example of Nipsey, I, I mean, I, you're reading things. I think you just saw the the other day how about this this Las Vegas resort is actually coming to fruition after they were declined. Again, you see a hurdle, you jump over it. You yep. keep pushing. Like yeah. the marathon continues. Like you just you go until you can't. Yeah. And people will believe one way or another or be looking at the show from the outside looking in.
0: That's exactly right. You went to Africa last year,
2: 2018. I, I did. I, uh, it was December, 2017.
0: Oh, I'm was, sorry. Yeah. yeah 2017. No, no yeah. It was, yeah uh, but
1: Della was late. So it's really, 2018. <laughs> I made my
2: flight. I made my flight. Let's be clear. The yeah, flight yeah. was made. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, such an insane experience. Um, it's my second time back 94 was the first time. This was the second time back. And, uh, yeah, my father lives out there now. He retired. He lives out there. Um and my mom's still here in the city. Um uh, but that was an experience, man. It was being out there with my sisters, um seeing my family, um you know, it was just nuts to see how far the country has come and what West Africa is becoming. Ghana specifically, um Getting highlighted in CNN from such a booming economy and a tourist hotspot. Last year, all these celebrities went out there for Christmas. This year, 2019 is the 400 year anniversary of the transatlantic slave trade, Mm. uh, which I'm I'm going back again as well. Um, It's just amazing to see what it's become, what it is, and it's super inspirational. I think there's so many levels to, and people may disagree with this and that's fine, there's so many levels to black. There's like, you know, there's the African-American, U.S., there's the African, um, and then there's a little bit of this first generation that's in the middle. And I feel like myself, my little sister who's, you know, out in L.A. doing her thing, like there's this, there's this in-between where you see both sides. Like when I go back to Ghana, they could treat me like a Yankee. Like they could, because I don't speak the language, I eat the food. Not all the food, but like I'm Ghanaian, right? They could, but they don't. But, but it's part of that is respecting where you're from, right? Respecting that element. I think on this side in the US, the respect is our journeys are different from a, a black African standpoint. Cool. But I, I see that. I get that. But we're not that different in what we deal with here. So we could do more together than we can apart. Um, I don't believe in the African black narrative, uh, the, the 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 head bump. Like like again, go fast alone far together. You know right. what I mean. So anyway, but, but Ghana was just such an amazing trip. I was out there for like two weeks. Um, the weather was incredible. My pops got a mango tree in front of his house, which is just like different. Yeah. Um, the people. The people were amazing. Um, the nightclubs <laughs> were like. Who did I see? Um, DJ Cast One. Yeah, Cast yeah, that's one. That's one. We saw, saw a couple like Instagram models like out there, which was just like, "Yo, y'all, yeah, out here." Like a lot of people come from like Germany, London, back to Ghana around Christmas to like enjoy or enjoy. Uh, I see enjoy- Michael Dappa's there all the time. Yeah, man's Amazon on hot. hot. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he was there too. He was there too. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I yeah. know his real name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kaz, man, shout out Kaz. <laughs> you know, what? Like, I just want to say something real quick about this group. Um, I just feel like they're like the Avengers of partying. <laughs> <That's laughs> Everyone has their own spin-off. Lowe's on Apple Radio. Kaz is gonna be this amazing guy in sports. Yeah. He's from Bleach Report, WWE like the stash, like Benner's going on to manage artists and still be a like amazing event production. Same for Rory with with all the, all that he's doing the Joe Bunner Podcast and him as a just personalities whole Chris Styles as an entertainer like Raven as this like amazing content capture moment capture she knows your best side like it's just amazing to see all of them put themselves back. I'm missing a few people, like yeah. like everybody. Like, Niles, every, G, yeah. Niles Dwayne. G. Niles G. VP CEO, we call him Niles G. Yeah. The CEO. Yeah. Ask him why, like <laughs> like like just everybody doing what they do.
0: Page, P- yeah.
2: Page is a genius. Fox Files. Fox is the smart. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody puts their like individual self to the back for what the group is doing, and it's like such an incredible thing, and it's inspiring. Like. I see people tweet about it all the time. Like, yo, it's crazy that they're able to like do all they do alone, and and we got to keep that same energy. That same energy got to be kept. Well, you know?
0: let's not forget about about Della, man. You've you've been you've been killing it for a long time now. You've been you know throwing parties everywhere from from Buffalo down to here to this kitchen, whatever. But you know what? You talk about all these these people setting a, a great standard and and looking good for this community, and you are one of them. You have been killing it whether you're, you know, doing that 9 to 5 or whether you're out here in the streets. And uh, we appreciate you and we celebrate you. And uh, it's nice to hear your journey from volleyball hitter to heavy hitter. You know what I'm saying? Shout-outs to you. Appreciate you coming up here. And and congratulations. No doubt. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's The Real Jeff. People want to find out more about us. I'm Eric. You're Jeff. Together, we are It's The Real. You know, I found it funny. I went on YouTube, and somebody left a comment on one of our videos and said, Hey, I've been working for three years to try to figure out what the name of your podcast is, and I finally found it. What? You guys do a bad job in saying it. Are you kidding? A waste of time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out what we're up to, where can they go?
1: Honestly, who cares? It's, nobody's <laughs> even listening. Apparently, <laughs> like we've done this every single week for two hundred something weeks. It's crazy. What is the name of our podcast? A waste of time with it's the real. Who are we? It's the real. How did it take you three years to figure this out? Shout out to that guy. Three years. Oh my god. You know what I did in three years? A lot. A million Google searches. <laughs> A million
0: episodes. A waste of time with it's the real. <laughs>
1: Jesus. go to itsthereal.com for all of your it's the real needs ask a friend honestly I'm, I'm flabbergasted yeah have you heard of these guys yeah just who are the white guys on the internet <laughs> one's tall one has glasses they do interviews spotify itunes no, google play any podcast app where do, do, do you think he
0: looks? No, I, jeff i don't know it's on youtube three years he left a comment on youtube Shout
1: out to him. I'm going to give his name out. It's going to take me three years to figure it out. All right. You can also find us at Twitter at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real. I've said that every single
0: week. It's crazy. Go follow us, sign up, subscribe, rate, comment, do all that stuff. All right. Now we got a bunch of people. And I asked them, Jeff, I said, Internet, tell us your name, where you're from, and what your favorite episode of our 250 previous episodes were. Jeff, do people respond and respond in numbers?
1: yes, then it's time to do your thing. Great. I want to shout out Wally Zerbiak, Mike Pride from Balch Springs, Texas, who love the Mall, Rory, and Eve from Dreamville Podcast. Shout out to him. I want to shout out Derek from Rhode Island, who said his favorite episode is Everyone with Rude Jude. Now, Rude Jude has not been on Derek any of our podcasts. I want to shout out skip xd from the bronx new york and the episode with our mom yeah i want to shout out matt jay from australia and every two two black news episode worldwide no, from every direction yeah. i want to shout out rob ugly new york our guy from, from the, the bronx broadcast. Shout out to Rob, who loved the Sycamore and Uzi episodes. Some of his favorites. Will Geist from San Francisco, not Willie Geist. Will Geist. Who said the episode with 200, starring us? Yeah. Damar Grant from Mississauga, from Toronto. All right. Who said the Rory episode? I'm oh, Christian Gamara from Lima, Peru, shout out to Peru, who said he loved the Intro to the Parks episode, Babito Piquet from Greensboro, North Carolina, who loved the Parks and Raven episode, shout out to him, Aaron from Palmdale, I don't know where Palmdale is, probably like from California, California, I say that, or Arizona, Arizona, maybe, yeah, who said he loved the Raven episode most, but also would love us to give a shout out to I Hate You All, all right. Shout out to Nell, also The Forecast, a Bronx favorite, yeah. who said that the Fat Jew and Mac Miller episodes were great. Shout out to Trey from Naples, Italy, Napoli. Yeah, Trey. Shout out the Guap Dad episode, Dante from Patterson, New Jersey. Shout out to Jesus Marrow and Mac Miller, and Parks. Shout out to Kia from Charlotte, North Carolina, who loved the Scotty Beam episode. The, the Scotty, Scotty Beam episode. You sound like Nardwark. I mean, there's a lot of words in am trying to do. Scotty <laughs> Oh I mean, He would do like a... Who are you? Scotty Bean. Scotty Bean. Now he'd be like, Scotty? And she'd say, what? <laughs> Shout out to Jay from Columbia. I'm going to guess South Carolina, but it could be any Columbia. Who loved the Bun-B episode Shout out to Ken from Baton Rouge And the Cardo Got Wings episode yeah. Also, Codename Rondo from Richmond, Virginia Who loved the Raven episodes with an S Multiple Also, episodes. Also, Joe Budden And the Megan Stallion episode Who said it was special because her mom was also on it Also, yeah. the Parks music episode great I feel episode. like the Parks episode is great But I think there is a recency bias Where a lot of people are like, I remember that one It was recent Same and with Raven it. yeah, yeah, yeah uh shout out to eddie ray up in boston, boston. shout out to his podcast the shots of J podcast which is not us no Close. But yeah. Not. Anyway, he does it on Facebook Live. He said the episode, yeah, more episode AF set from Greensboro, North Carolina, whose favorite episode is Ron Punch's one. Great Lalo one. Guzman, aka half Mexican, half amazing. Shout out to Lalo from LA, who chatted at us on the street that one time. That was him. That was him. Uh favorite episodes, Mac Miller, are P and Big Shaq, Michael Dappa. Tahani from Rochester, whose favorite episode is the most recent one. She, is is one. she says your different thing in her head. All right. Uh, Zach Gals from New York City via Starsdale. Shout out Westchester. to Westchester. Yeah. His favorite episode is the Roy from the Dick podcast. Also, shout out to the First Lady Coco Rico from Lawton, Oklahoma, who said, "Don't judge. Um, no judgment. We love Oklahoma." And shout out to everyone
0: down there who wanted to do the show down there.
1: She loved the Parks and Mall episodes because she knew so little about them yet yeah, was so curious. Angie from Virginia Beach. Shout out to the DJ Envy, Angie Martinez, and Miss info and Mac Miller episodes. Todd, aka Mooney, aka you know my people, a poor Chester Ram, but really a rye Country Day Wildcat. Ah uh, well, who's not, now in bedside? I'll just say this: not a Harris County. Yeah, no. Favorite episode is the Paisley episode. Ray from El Paso, Texas. He said his favorite episode is? Sounds great episode. Corey from Brazil. <laughs> Corey Towns from Brazil? Corey Towns, who loved the Corey Towns episode. Or which one? Because he was on two. He was
0: on the uh, Bridget Kelly one. Yeah. And he was also on the Mouse Jones one. Oh, right, right, right. Shout out to
1: Corey Towns. He said he is the biggest Jeff and Eric fan in the world. Oh. Come to Brazil. Come to Brazil. Come to Brazil, Sean. all of my Brazilians. Shout out to Sean Lib up in Providence, who came back later and was like, Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. Not, not Providence... Somewhere else, not yeah. the movie, not the TV show. Uh, he loved the Prime episode. Great episode. Aziz from Baltimore loved the JID and Six Lab. Oh, we have Nine but shout out to JID. Gord's from UK, who said you already know. Um, the Dirty Water Podcast from Fayetteville, episode number 25, The Real Kiss. Shout out to. That's the Jadakas episode. Yes. Uh, Lair Stevens from Philadelphia, who said episode 250 with our mom. Yeah. Elsie from Chicago, the one with Eve. Great episode. Hey, Becca B. Hey, Becca B. Becca from St. Louis, who love the Asher Ross episode. Great
0: episode. Go check that out. 10 years since Asleep in the Bread Isle. Jeff,
1: as always. Or if you don't know us, yeah, you can go find us <laughs> anywhere. All it takes is three years of searching. Not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week.